Hello everyone, and welcome to Perilous Pursuits, as we proudly present The Black Hearts, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition adventure. Our Dungeon Master Ray leads our adventurers as they find themselves forced to serve one of Faerun's most vile and powerful mages, Zastam. With little knowledge of what lies ahead, they have been sent into the heart of the Dalelands on a mission of murder. So sit back, grab a good berry, and listen to our latest episode of the Blackhearts. So I'll start by just kind of giving you guys a, a sort of general overview of Zastam and kind of what he's about. <clears throat> and it's not even like directly important to what's happening right now, but you guys have traveled together for a couple of weeks now. Um, you were all summoned together for one big massive event with Zastam. And throughout the two weeks you've traveled together all, you guys all over the years have learned various little tidbits about him but you've you've all talked you've all shared your notes and that and everyone's aware that he's like one of the most powerful people in the entire world he is comparable to every other massive name in the forgotten realms he's one of the only evil characters that's like the upper echelon type guys and he's like considered the same strength as like an Elminster or the Symbol or the Blackstaff those kinds of guys and he's the leader of a of a nation called Thay and Thay is a mageocracy and each school of magic is represented in the leadership of the council of Thay and he's the leader of necromancy and he's really the actual true leader but it, on paper every school of magic is represented equally but it's not even close Zastam is the true leader of Thay and he's also the leader of a lot of like dark <coughs> extra national type entities as well like he's got his own uh, he's got his own plots that have nothing to do with Thay on top of his ability to control one of the biggest nations in the world and you guys exist outside of all of that structure like he's got his own collection of apprentices and they're like his official apprentices that work under him he's got a whole collection of a nation of power behind him you guys are specifically separate from that he doesn't want people to know that you work for him he wants you just to like kind of a low profile you do your own thing for some of you you you've been wearing these black hearts for like two decades three decades and quite often it could be a decade before he comes back to you again but you're like little sleeper agents that exist throughout the world. And this is the first time you guys have all met each other. You all lived in different areas, wherever it was you decided you wanted you guys to, to live. And it's very odd for him to actually bring people together because the whole point of it is to be anonymous, generally. So you guys are all thinking like, well, this is really weird. Like, why would he bring all of his little sleeper guys together? So that's a big excitement. As so you start your all, journey. We all know about him, though, and that he's controlling us. Every one of you uh, is aware that everyone else has met Zastam one time. He's only ever talked to you directly once. Uh, some of you have met him twice, just based on the way your backstories were written. But he doesn't come to you often. He comes to you one time to hand you this amulet personally, selecting you and not 
for most of you not telling you what this amulet means, but you, each of you were willing to put the amulet on. And once it's been worn, it's completely unremovable. Like this is artifact level stuff. Um, there are a couple of guys in the group that have magical talents. They've done the research that they've been able to do for 20 years to try and figure out if this thing is removable so they could free themselves from this. It's not possible. This The magic is beyond anything anyone you've ever talked to has been able to remove. Um, and a couple of you guys know each other from, from prior to this. So, so two of you came together because um, that's the way you guys wanted to write your backstory. The rest of you, the three of you guys have never met those two before. And um, two, two weeks ago, you came together. You were all summoned to come together. Uh, sometimes when Zastam demands something of you through these amulets, he speaks sort of empathically, just kind of forcing your will to go a certain direction. And other times he speaks to you actually in a more of a message or ascending type spell where he actually lays out verbally what he wants for you to do. And throughout the years, you've been told, go over to this, you know, this nearby town and kill this guy. Or go over to this thing, uh, over to this palace here and steal this artifact that I need. Or whatever little things he decides he wants you to do. But to start this mission, you were just all told to go to a place in uh, Sambia, which is a nation just to the south of you. And you gather together in Sambia. And what's quite interesting is as you do these missions for Tam, you vaguely remember that they've been done you can tell that he's clearly controlling your minds as well. He doesn't want any loose ends, and that includes your memories of what you've done. So you guys all collectively remember that you were in Sambia. You've just traveled a couple of weeks up, up the road from there, and when you were there, you've committed a couple of murders. And it's hard to even remember what town you were in, who you killed. You think... If you think about it really strongly, you remember that maybe there was a, a half-orc and a human or something like that, but you don't know anything really about them other than you did what he told you to and you killed them and you left. And you've traveled up this Rothavir's road through Battledale across the Blackfeather Bridge and you've been just enjoying these nice fall days and you're approaching the village of Parnast, which is the village you see in front of you on your maps here. Uh, and it's in the cent center of Battledale. To the north is the Cormanthor Forest, a great big elven forest that is like legendary. It's where the great heart of the elves used to be. Uh, they're still there, but the great elven empire has died off in like over the course of hundreds of years. Uh, the year is 1374. Dale Reckoning, which is in the middle of the third edition Dungeons and Dragons lore stuff. And it is today the 13th of Marpanoth, which is essentially September. Uh, and on top of that, uh, one other thing I just want to mention to everybody is there's one small rule change I'm going to make to start this campaign. Uh, I will allow anyone who is proficient in Arcana to roll uh, 
an arcana check to identify a spell being cast. And I want to do that for sort of a throwback to third edition because in third edition they had a thing called spellcraft, which was essentially the same thing. And uh, I'm adding that in as a measure to control counterspell a little bit, which is not going to be a huge, a huge thing. But what you have to do is you have to roll an arcana check, which is just 10 plus the spell level. Uh, it's going to make arcana more important because right now intelligence is the least important stat in the game, in my opinion. If if you have this spell in your spell book, do you need, still need to roll the arcana? Uh, I'll say if you have that exact spell, then then I'll tell you what it is. And then also, you, you'll have to succeed at this arcana check, which I'll call it spellcraft, but we'll just call it arcana check, um, for you to be allowed to counterspell something. How about identify as well? Identify is just this regular rules. You need the spell. You have to have the spell to be able to attune to an item. Um, you can't do an arcana check to identify anything. Okay. Um, I can still not move my guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's because I put you in concrete boots. Yeah, he killed you before. I told you that, right? <laughs> that right, would just, explain it. Was this I'm in Faerun? Sorry, I, missed, I don't know if I missed if Is this in Faerun? Yes, okay. Faerun. You're in central northern Faerun. Okay. Uh, Thay, the the kingdom that Thay, that uh, Tam controls, is to the east of you. The Sword Coast is far to the west. And the Dale Lands are sort of it's sort of the Shire of Faerun. It's a happy-go-lucky place, controlled by good people. In general, if you're going to live somewhere, it's a good place to live. But we're miserable here. Well, that's your choice. <laughs> so, so the thing with Zastam and the way that he's treated you guys is, for very long periods of time, you haven't even talked to him. So, uh, you all know that at some point he's going to tell you you got to do shit for him, which pisses you off. But also, it's not like daily he's grinding you in any sense. So, for your characters, you could have whatever nuance you want of complete hatred at the name of him all the way through to some of you really uh, admire him or maybe worship him or whatever. Because for the course of, you know, maybe 15 years between times when he's actually told you to do anything, you're able to settle down and just deal with it. So I, I want to leave that really open for everybody. Like, whatever it is that you feel like you want to do, right? I'm trying to find a new character for you. Bigger than everybody. That's cool. Yeah, that's not going to last. Big Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you move that guy? I'm just going to go into the character sheets. Nope. Still no? Okay. Uh... We're just going to have to kick you out of the campaign, Mike. Yeah. You're just... I don't know. I'm just a troublemaker. <laughs> It says you can edit it. Are you logged into the right... You have two accounts. Yeah. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> you logged into it on a different account last time. Did I? Try this. Can you... Is that guy moving? Yeah, I can move now. Okay. Sorry. Well, your other account was logged, was connected to that token. 
Yeah, I was logged in on the other computer, and I can't remember what the account password <laughs> and all that was. So just I have this one memorized in my head, so I just typed that one in right away. So okay, because I have two accounts for my kid, right? They're both in your name, though. <laughs> I don't know. He um, used he used one of my accounts, so I made another account because he was running <laughs> his game. This is me off, but you know what kids are like. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> is your wife married? Yeah, she is to me. Or not married, uh, employed. <laughs> she working? Uh, oh <laughs> Sorry. Is your wife married? Yes. Is your wife working? She is employed, yes. Oh, so you're dink. Yeah, we are, yeah. <laughs> uh, Double income, no kid. Yep, that's us. Oh, yeah. So... Um, you've come up, you've traveled two weeks since the last mission you were on. You're supposed to stay together. You all know collectively that you're a team now. You don't really understand exactly why, but that you've been told to come to the village of Parnast and you're supposed to look for a guy called Wormir. And that's all the information that you have at this point. So as you come into the town, you can see, I wrote all these, wrote out what every building is. Uh, you don't know exactly what all of them are off the hop, but... It's really obvious, you know, the stables being what they are, the tavern being what it is. Um, you're here now to try and find this guy called Wormir. Uh, and also, before we start doing anything, if each of you wants to just give us a brief, a brief outline of what you would have told these companions of yours over the course of two weeks. So if you're really not willing to share anything then you're just going to say what you look like or whatever and if you're a really chatty guy then you maybe want to share your whole backstory at this point so uh, it's up to everybody how they want to do it we'll start with Lowen. my name is Lowen. Lowen dare uh Dar uh, if you're a pinch in the dark i'm the guy at your back that will shoot over your head or under your head, or beside your head, but not your head. I can be your eyes in the black of a cave. I can be quiet if I need to. The only place you won't find me is at the front. Perfect. That was awesome. And Voth. Um, I'm Voth. You would all see a uh, super pale, uh, almost white skin, uh, very white-haired changeling in front of you. Uh, if you know much about changelings, you know that we often take the forms of not our true selves, but since coming to know Zaztam, I have seen the, seen the light and he he directs me to be myself and i i have a a new confidence that most changelings don't have so i have no fear i have no reason to put on fake faces as long as i'm following in zaztam's uh direction so in the past couple of weeks i would have shared nearly my entire backstory of being raised as a changeling, um, 
being trained up as a paladin as I was taking the form of a human child and uh, following up and growing up in the church, eventually being let down and uh, sort of skewed in any beliefs as my father was killed in a political strike as I was out fighting for the church and uh, it it would be two weeks of me uh, proclaiming the good news of Zaztam and what a privilege it is for us to be able to do his bidding and to, to do whatever it is that he wants us to do. Uh, very blind follower, almost cultish attitude. Tam loves it. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> and Miko. Yeah, Miko Toss, he's a uh, Githyanki fighter. He is, uh, both Githyanki are tall and slender, but this one, uh, uh, Miko Toss, he's, he's a little little more muscular than normal, but he has a, a large greatsword. Uh, he's scowling most of the time, and him and his brother can be seen arguing quite a bit and even shoving matches and sometimes a fisticuffs uh mako is pretty emotionally unstable he you have to pull him out of some bar fight sometimes where he just someone bumps him or looks at him the wrong way he just gets triggered and uh he can go from just being quiet and reflective to uh full kylo ren on the console uh at any time he just freaks out so <laughs> Uh, that's that's Mako. Uh, he's uh, follows his brother around, Lycus. Awesome. And then Lycus, I guess, will go next. So Lycus looks exactly like Mako, except he's a lot thinner. Uh, a, a, a little bit. I don't know how tall Mako is, but I think he's a little bit smaller than Mako. But they are identical looking. They're twins. Um, and Lycus is very calm-natured, very calculated-thinking type of person. Um, and he tends to give Mako orders, and Mako resents him for that. Um, and that goes back to a past that I don't know. I don't think we would have discussed with you, uh, you low-life uh, non-Gith. Yeah, I, uh, Mako, <laughs> Mako wouldn't consider them worthy of that information, at least yet. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And lastly, Gildor. Gildor the Grey. So, uh, just one question for Lycus. What uh, what do we know your abilities to be? Uh, you know that I use a greatsword, but I seem to cast spells as well through that greatsword. Um, I seem to be a, a caster uh, fighter type. I wear half plate um, and use a great sword. Okay. Uh, Gildor... But I also carry a spell book. So. Gildor is uh, uh, a deep gnome. He stands about three foot six. He is gray and he has a bald head. He is 69 years of old age. Nice. <laughs> Um, but he's he's a built, he's a little brick of a of a gnome, and uh, he uh, practices uh, 
Sub Subluvlin. Served. I can't say it. In... <laughs> he has a, a a strange faith that he lives by. Um, and Spurf, one other thing Spurf is yes, Subluvlin. Is this Smurf Neblin? Yeah, Smurf. 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 <laughs> um, one other thing that you would notice uh, if you traveled with him is he has a large tattoo. It, it's not that big, but it covers his whole back. That's his tramp stamp. It, um, <laughs> it's it's something that um, you may recognize, you may not. I'm not sure how um, how predominant this is. Um, but it has something to do with, uh, you know, his faith and his the people he um, has uh, thrown his lot in with. And I can send uh, I can send a picture to the chat. Perfect. So everyone can see it. But awesome. um, yeah, he wields a couple of uh, battle axes. And uh, he also is proficient with a longbow. It's twice your size? Pretty much. So, Ray, do you know how uh, Githyanki uh, write? Like, in th like their writings go in a circle and they're kind of like Asian kind of script and they kind of spiral into the center when they're writing something? Mm -hmm. Can I have tattooed my spellbook to my body? Uh, I'll have to look up the rules on how spellbooks work. <laughs> yeah. Put it on your back so you can't read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stand no, in the on, mirror. It's on Mako's back. <laughs> <laughs> back of his head. And shave funny. his head all the time. I would be in front of you in battle. Just read yeah. off my back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, uh, that image, I'll, uh, I'll let anyone with Arcana roll a Arcana check if they want on that image. What that is. Oh, I'll roll. Oh, I got a nine. <laughs> Mako Tass laughs at his brother as he rolls a twenty-one. <laughs> Low and rolled a. Where's his image? Uh, it's, the, in the it's in the messenger Facebook chat. Messenger. Oh, in the messenger chat. Okay. I was looking on that Discord chat here. What did Lowen get? Uh, 23. Okay. Perfect. I forgot so, I was proficient in Arcana. Oh, I can't so, remember. So Mako and Lowen would both recognize this symbol. And I, th and I think probably maybe others of you would have seen this symbol as well. This is the symbol of the Red Wizards of Fae, which are the rulers of Thay. And so Zastam is a member of that. And oh, okay. And anyone wearing that symbol would be absolutely flayed alive if they were not also a member of that. <laughs> so you can assume that he's probably a member of the Red Wizards. Um, so the Red Wizards are one of the groups that Zastam is a part of. In fact, he's the leader of. But it's not everything that he he's got he's got his hands in everything. So you know that he wants to make the Red Wizards better, but not at the expense of his own personal gain as well. So 
So that's one of the, the groups that you guys would be supporting. So the res red wizards are more of a tool to him then? Yeah, it's it's probably maybe the main thing that people throughout the realms would identify him as, as a red wizard, because red wizards are prevalent throughout the entire realms. They, they are not necessarily evil as a group, as a whole, because there's a lot of red wizards that wander about. They're just selling their magical wares and stuff. So there's a presence to them that exists throughout the realms a lot more than just the nation of Thay would. Because you could find a red wizard on the opposite corner of the world. They always invoke fear because they literally wear red robes. And uh, to have those robes is a great honor. And you don't mess with those guys. And is everyone it, in the whole world knows it. Is there only eight of them? There's Sorry? Eight, there's eight orbs. Is there only eight wizards? I couldn't hear what you said there. Oh, I, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Yeah. Um, I, I asked if there's there's eight orbs on that symbol. Does that mean there's eight wizards? No, they're red wizards. There's hundreds of them. Oh, okay. Basically, if you're a wizard that was born in Thay or probably even near Thay, you're forced to be a part of this. Okay. So any the the whole population of wizards from Thay, uh, I'm not sure the eight might represent. Is there eight? Uh, schools of magic. I think it, I think there's eight schools of magic, so I would assume those rings represent that, or the 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 orbs represent that. Hmm. Uh, so who were we here to? Uh, what was the name of the fellow we were to track down here? Wormir. Wormir. So as you walk into the village, just as you're looking around, you see. The village has a few dozen houses and a small square in the middle with a with a well. There's buildings that include the taverns and stables and shrines. Seems like there's about a hundred residents, and uh, this big, all these buildings here are all built with really big timbers. Very sturdy, stoic place, and uh, you know that this is a, a location that has a a large garrison of troops because they patrol this Rothenvir's road. To protect the trade throughout the regions of the Dale Lands, um, and beyond that, you can you can see ahead of you. There's a stable there, and off to your off to your right, there's a potion shop, and you're looking for a guy called Wormir. Uh, to kill or to get? You know that you need to meet with a man called Wormir. You got a you got a Shire Baggins type thing. Baggins. Vermeer. Mm -hmm. I think we kinda look a little bit suspicious as a group. Maybe we should split into pairs. Meet back. What time of the five day of is you. it? <laughs> What's that? There's five of you. Yeah. Split into pairs. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I can do my best work on my own anyways <laughs> we could meet back at the tavern later with any information we gleaned I don't know do, you, do we want to stick together or do we want to split up I'll go with Mako Seems a bit smart I'm going with Lycus split up 
I'll go off on you my own. See, I can go there are people milling about here, and people are looking at you, maybe giving you a bit of a weird look, but they don't look hostile to you in any way. Hmm. I'll just give them a glare. What's the general populace here? Humans? Yeah, there's a bit of everything. There's there's halflings, there's dwarves. There's mostly humans, probably like 60-70% humans. And, and Mako, yeah. looks back at, Mako looks back at Gildar and says, My friends call me Mako. You can call me Mako Tas. <laughs> Gildar rolls his eyes. Where do we go, brother? Let's check out this building over here. What's this? That's a that's a house. You want to knock on the door? They, are no, they built? Want to know what kind of a building it is? Anything that's not got a label on it is just a house. Okay. The people that live above ground live in these things. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's pathetic. Well. Um, how about we go check out that potion shop and you go look in the stables? I'll go look in Sound the stables. Good? I don't want to look at potions. Fine. <laughs> oh, you guys are a great team. <laughs> okay, so Gildor, Mako, and is Voth just on his own or is he going with someone? Lowen will go with him. Lowen they go. Will go. Yeah, Lowen will go with them. So everyone's going to the stable? Except for Voth? I guess it's three and two. But Lowen is going as well, he says, right? As you as you come to the stable, uh, you see two giant doors to the stable, and they're just sealed off and fully shuttered. But you can hear the sound around the corner of... Uh, Someone working away on the side of the building. There's a there's an overhang to the roof there where the where the water jugs are over here. Okay. Mako's gonna rattle so, the doors, see if they open. No, they're they're locked. They're closed. Like Lekas is gonna go around the corner, see if there's a stable hand there. Yeah, around the corner you see a a human female woman who's working away. She she looks like a strong, hard, hardy woman who's just pounding away on some wheels, building wheels. You there? What's your Hello. name? My name is Gundolin. I'm like it. Wheelwright. Gundolin. Do you know where uh, Wormir lives? Uh, uh, the name doesn't ring a bell, but I'm sure if you were to ask around the tavern, somebody'd be able to help you. So he's not a local. Well, it's uh, not a name that I know, no. Oh. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. And then, uh, is Voth and Lowen going to the potion shop or no? Uh, so this Lowen worm. Will be following Voth. Uh, Mako will lean into Lycus and say, thank you. Wormir is not a local. Or, if he is a local, he's going by another name and the locals do not recognize him.
At the village well, you see that there's two guards posted there. They're just sitting on a couple of chairs. And uh, above them hangs a giant bell, which you would assume would be to use to alert the town of any attack. I'll go over. To I'll, uh, I'll look over to Lowen and I'll be like, "Why don't you? Uh, why don't you ask these guards about the man we're looking for?" Lowen will sigh a bit. Sure, not much for talking, but that's fine. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, guards. I'm looking Oi. for uh, a person named uh, Warmere. Warmer. Warmer. I don't know a Warmer. Never heard him. Never seen him. No, not to the best of my knowledge. What are you doing in this town? I'm looking for Warmer. You just wander into towns looking for a guy? What's he look like? That's a great question. Don't know. Just know his name. Well, uh, I hope you don't plan on using those weapons against him. These, these, these are just tools of the trade. All right. Just, you know, keep those weapons sheathed and we'll all be good friends. I can't help you, though. Sorry, I've never heard of this form here. You know who might know is uh, someone in this big fancy house. And Mako's just, like, tensed up, just listening to these guards. Gildor goes and walks on the, the Lord's house? Uh, I'm curious, yeah. What does it look like? It's just a very grand-looking house. Like I said, every house here looks really, really well-built. Uh, all built out of oak timber frame. Uh, but this house is bigger than the rest and grander. And there's a bell on the front. This warm, you can ring. <clears throat> this warm air may be uh, traveling to this town. Maybe we should check out the tavern. All right. Um, also, we could go to the general store. The person working there, most people that come to a town will stop at a general store to pick up goods that they need. He might have seen people traveling through. What? Sounds good to me. So we've been on the road for a while, though, right? Yep, a couple weeks. Okay, let's hit the tavern and get a drink first. So. All right. So uh, in front of the tavern hangs a giant yellow tankard over the rustic log building with a sign that says the golden tankard on it. Inside, the place is full of rustic wooden furniture, with large oak beams running across a vaulted ceiling. As you walk in, all conversation stops and all eyes turn to you. And a tall, heavy-set man behind the bar steps himself forward and says, What can I get for you, travelers? The man is a giant red dragonborn man. You've never seen a man this size before. Very friendly, pleasant-looking guy, but he looks like he could crush you like a walnut. Meals and beers. All right. Today's meal is sausage and stewed cabbage with a heavy black rye. That'll be a silver piece. Comes with a mead. Mako's How much money do we have? 
you have whatever you started with. I started with a million gold. <laughs> you have what you start your character yeah, with. I got ten gold. But you all have really fancy looking armor on. I didn't start with any money. Okay. Well, did you did you do, do starting? I did starting okay. armor and uh, money. Yeah, you either roll your money to start your character, or you take the starting equipment, which gives you a bit of money. Yeah. I kind of... It gave me 10 either, gold, though. so maybe you want that. Or... <laughs> I, I was assuming that we would have accumulated a certain amount of stuff uh, being the level we're at, right? You did. You got a magic armor for your level. And an amulet that changed okay. your name. <laughs> hey, do I get a magic armor? I didn't get a magic armor. Everyone has plus one armor of their choice. It's written into the. It's part of the. the uh, it's the three. heart. That black heart turns into whatever uh, yeah. you so want the, it to be. So the black heart, sort of, uh, a lot like what Spencer and I were talking about, it looks like a a symbiote, like from Spider-Man. Yeah. When you put this armor on, it spreads. Or sorry, when you put this amulet on, it spreads across your body as an armor of okay. your choice, up up to half plate mail. Or if you're a caster, you can just have a, a permanent in-place mage armor. And it's plus one armor. So pick an armor type of your choice, and you're wearing that now. Plus one. Okay. And you all kind of match in a sense. Like, you could have different tones if you choose that you, your guy wants to look a certain color or something. But you have these kind of veiny armor that runs across your bodies. All of you. Yeah. So... If you don't I, have any money, sir, then you you won't be eating here unless one of your friends. Well, I'll calculate here. out my money. Mako, pay the man. <laughs> <laughs> it's one silver. One silver, yeah. One silver gets you a beer and sausage and cabin, a cabbage. Okay, I'll uh, I'll toss him the silver. Or I'll take the beer and like is gonna have the cabbage. <laughs> That's fine. All right. Yeah, that you all sit down. Much. Everybody, uh, uh, as soon as you walk in, everybody looks at you really funny, but they just kind of evaluate what you say to. The I, know I say to the barkeep, uh, I notice uh, people are looking at us kind of oddly. You don't get many travelers here, or? Not a lot of folk that look like you guys. You guys, like, from a traveling caravan or something, you're wearing matching clothing. You could say that. All right. Well, you're you're welcome to have a seat there. Enjoy your meal. Need anything? You let me know. So I'm gonna suss out or kind of observe the the people that are here, and can I kind of make out like a local dress and uh, um, characteristics of the people here to pick out anybody that would not fit among the group. Among your group or among no them among the there? people that are around here. Sure. In the tavern. Uh, yeah, there. Well, there's. So what you see is there's a, a few guys sitting together, three guys sitting together in a chair. There's ten guys total here. Three guys are sitting together. They look like they're just salesmen. They look like they're probably part of the guard, maybe. Mm -hmm. And you see, at another table, there's an elf and a dwarf sitting together, hanging out. And at the last table, there's four guys, and they're all wearing 
very brightly colored outfits. They look like they may be bards or troubadours or something. And they're all human. But do they all look like they're locals, or do the do the bards kind of look well, like? You think maybe it, there'd be a decent chance that the bard type folk would be from somewhere else? Yeah. But if you're looking for people that look like they belong, there's the group of the three human. No, I'm looking for the ones that don't don't seem to to the ones that stick out from the group. Yep, so there's the, the, the ones table that are of not four local. people there. Yeah. Do you walk up to them? Um. Uh, which one was the what was the name of the uh, gnome? Jason, what's what's Jason's character? I'm again? Gildar. Gildar. Go check out what those. Uh, go check out those bards and see if if they know anything. Right. I walk over to the bards. So you guys just sit around, or you play music? Are you gonna play a song here? Or you got a concert going on? What's going on? You got some money to pay us to play for you? I don't just jump up off my chair and do what you tell me. I'm just wondering, is there a concert going to happen later, or...? Well, you missed it. We all... The whole circus was in town yesterday. Ah! <laughs> well, any chance uh, you could play a little ditty and I flip him a silver? All right. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll go get, uh... I'll go get our instruments. And he... He he walks away. So you're uh, you're talking to just a human male. He's got yeah. a French accent though. Clearly, oh. his name is Jacques Laquette. I couldn't so, quite I couldn't quite hear the French accent. Yeah, I know. But you you know, I'm just telling you. Not, not <laughs> <Jado>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Jacques. looking at the guy's name. His name is Jacques Laquette. So I'm assuming he's probably French. So he goes and he gets his uh, instrument from the back room there, and he. <laughs> He pulls uh, out uh, a lute and he starts playing his lute. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> inspiration for the DM. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the three that are with him are uh, are dancers, so they just start spinning in circles a bit. They do pirouettes and such. I don't think those are our guys. This is all you get for a silver. Mm. That's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you guys are enjoying your meal it's pretty good the sausages are particularly good today how's the cabbage <laughs> yeah, you know cabbage kale is fantastic like this the cabbage is red are you wanted to talk talk to anybody else in the tavern uh, I want to talk to the bartender. All right. Bartender standing there behind the bar, smiling. I, I tap my foot to the music, and I kind of dance over to the bar, and uh, I ask the bartender, um, what's your name? My name is Ragnar Redtooth. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh, I'm not French. <laughs> And uh, Ragnar, it sounds like uh, the bards were saying that 
We just missed a big festival or, you know, a big party. What was that uh, all? Yeah, it was a good time. We we quite enjoy our fall festivals here. Harvest was last week. You must have made a lot of money. Well, you know, with all the extra people in town. I guess I did okay. Why why do you ask? I don't know who you you from the hole in the ground. Why would I why would I tell you how much money I'm I made? Just make conversation. All right. Yeah, well, I do okay once a year, yeah. Um <laughs> you um you ever heard of uh ever seen a guy heard of a guy named by the name of uh Warmer? Uh there's that scummy wormier guy there, a friend of Dazzle's. Dazzle, can you point him out to me? Uh, Dazzle's not in here right now. You could go to his his house, just in beside, in behind the uh, general store there. He's bad folk, though. I don't know if I. I'm not sure why you'd be asking around for him. Well, um, our business is our own, but we're right. interested in uh, having a chat with him. All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a. Uh, let me see here, a little black house. A little tiny one just in behind the general shop. It's Dazzle's house. You'll find Wormir there, most likely. Uh, thank you, and I flip him a silver. Excellent. I like that I don't have to keep track of money. Mako's going to order some cabbage and another beer. He'll give the beer to his brother. All right. And he'll eat the cabbage. And sausage and uh, yeah. heavy black rye. All that. Yeah. It's very good. You enjoy it. It's very hearty. So I imagine, imagine the group has found a table somewhere. and Yeah, you're all sitting down there. Yeah. So I'll go back to the group and say, yeah, I talked to the bartender. I, I think I know where this friend of Warmere's is, Dazzle. But let's finish our food first. You know, have another pint. Yeah, you quite enjoy yourself. You're you're not seeing a lot of guys who are like glaring at you or anything. This is not a tough, rough and tumble kind of a bar. You're, you're just having a good meal. Music only plays for two minutes. They do a little ditty and that's good enough for them for their silver. So you finish your meal. You're ready to go. Okay, let's uh, go see Dazzle. Okay. Pretty straightforward that you're heading over to this house right here. Yeah. Do you walk up and knock on the door? Uh, well, all the information we know is just that we got to talk to this guy. We don't yeah, know you don't... friend or foe or anything like that. Yeah, you don't. Uh, you don't think it's. You, you weren't told to kill him. Is this right. the house? Is this the house, Gildor? Hey, that's the house. Yeah, and uh, Mako just bangs on the door with his fist. Lowen will make sure to check the back in case someone runs. Perfect. Uh, as you bang on the, the door, Lowen gets in place. You bang on the door. Uh, very rapidly, the door opens. And there's a, a man standing there in front of you. Dressed all in black, an elf, elf man. He says, right. he, he 
glares at you for banging on his door like that. He says, you one of those fucking tin men with a stick up your ass? What do you want? I grab him by the throat and I just walk in. <laughs> that that uh, throws him back. He's he's taken aback by that idea. and doesn't resist as you walk in. And I keep walking to the far wall and I pin him up against the wall. All right. Walk. As you walk in, you can see this, this property is like 20 by 20. It's just one big open space. Lycus walks slowly into the room and tucks himself into the corner. Uh, but and if, is there any drapes or anything on the windows or any window coverings of any sort? The windows face towards the back of the house. Um, and as you walk into the building, very sparsely filled, just basic bed, basic furniture. There's also another man in the building. Uh, as you bust through the I, space, kind of you knock a coffee table over. There's one more guy. Just I glance at the other the guy side. quickly, but I just keep focusing on that guy's eyes. As I get okay. him up onto the wall, I kind of cock my head and I said, "Give me a strength check, sure. uh, an athletics check." Uh, that is a twenty-one. That's good enough. I'm going to kind of push him hardly against the wall and I'm just going to cock my head and I'll say, my brother's going to ask you a few questions and you're going to answer them right now. (laughs) The other man gets up and sort of stumbles backwards. And I'll just yell, sit down. Lycus closes the door calmly. Everyone goes in if they choose that they wanted to. As just as the door is closing, you guys all make it in there if you choose to be. Yeah. Um, the 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 other man doesn't. He just kind of is in shock. He's not sitting down or standing up or anything. But he's also not threatening you guys in any way. Neither is this dazzle feller. He seems to be perfectly. The other the other fellow. I said to him, name. Uh, why would I give you that? Who are you people? I would suggest you just tell us. I look over name. at him. Should I... All right. What? My name's Vermeer. What do you want? Good. Lowen, <laughs> keep your eyes on the door. Indeed. So now what? I look out the front window. Mako, you got some See? questions for this guy? Or Lycus? <laughs> Mako, take the other fellow outside. I'll, uh... Release the guy, kind of shove him on the wall, and I'll take the other guy and say, outside now. Which one are you putting outside? Dazzle or Wormir? No, the other guy. Dazzle. Vermeer, okay. we're leaving in here. Okay. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought you were taking the other guy outside. Okay, well, I'll just <laughs> grab uh, Dazzle by the scruff of his neck, and uh, I'll leave Come him. Come on, Mako. Don't be so dense. <laughs> Fuck. So Dazzle's the elf. <laughs> Is make is uh, Wormir also an elf? Uh, no, Wormir is a black-toothed beanpole of a man. He looks really sunken and sullen, and his teeth are turning black, and his eyes are black. But he's just a human. I'll just say, if you leave this, and I'll look back at that guy and say, if you leave or talk to anyone in the next hour, I'm going to slit your throat. Welcome to my home, he says as he walks out the door. I'm going to go around the back of the house with the guy. Okay. Where there's no windows. He's not, 
he doesn't resist you. You you did a major display of strength, and he's not going to try and fight back from you. Okay, so. and I'm yeah. just looking around as I'm holding him. Okay. I walk up to Wormir. What do you want? Zaztam sent us. You can you can see in his eyes that he's got this kind of hatred, this darkness to his eyes, and he's ready to kick the shit out of you. He has to. But as soon as you say the name Zastam, he just relaxes. And uh, his whole demeanor changes. And he says to you, it's about time. I've been waiting here for a long time for you guys. Is this the guy I have in the back or the guy that's left in the house? The guy in the house. Oh, okay. <laughs> you took the guy who owns the house. All out. right. Okay. And the guy you're looking for is inside the house. Okay. I'm outside with the other guy. I'm just telling him to sit down and shut up. He sits down. Just perfectly fine. And I just walk, keep watch. So to the rest of the guys that are inside the room, Vermeer says, I've been, I've been set here waiting for you guys. I was expecting you here weeks ago, but uh, it's good that you're here now. We have a lot of work to do. We have to perform some rituals in the name of Tam. We could probably do that tonight. Tonight would be a good night for that. And then uh, I'm going to draw you a little map of where you guys need to go. And uh, I'll explain to you what needs to be done. But first of all, I'm in charge here. You're going to let my friend go if you want to be in the good favor of Tam. Do I believe him? Or is he like trying to pull one over on us? Make an insight check. First roll of the game. I got 18. Yep. You seem like... You could really tell just by the way his attitude changed as soon as, as, you, as you guys mentioned the name Tam. That obviously this guy knows Tam. He works with him. And, does he uh, have an amulet? No, this guy does not have an amulet, no. You must understand our discretion. Does I can have... appreciate that. You're a little heavy-handed, but I guess that's to be expected from your kind. Does he have any other sort of markings or sort of loyalty? Um, any tattoos? Any tattoo earrings? or scar or something that would indicate to us that he's authentic? He has a bald, shaved head, which to you particularly is very important because... Red wizards all have shaved heads. Okay. Uh, but you don't see any visible tattoos. Okay. And he's he's not currently wearing any red robes or anything like that. But he says to you, I am one of Tam's apprentices. He sent me here to accommodate you guys on your journey. I'm here to lay out to you a new improvement to your amulets, which can be performed in a ritual tonight that is going to accomplish the goals that you guys are going to have on this mission. The, there are going to be new targets for you guys to destroy in the name of Tam. And as you destroy them, you're going to be using your Blackheart amulets as vessels to absorb the weave energy that leaves these bodies as you kill them. Each amulet will be capable of holding one 
weavescence. And so we are going to need all of you to fill these amulets and return to Tam. That is your mission. Did we get any weave energy from the first two, like no. two weeks ago? No, you didn't. And you don't, currently your amulets are not attuned in such a way that you would have been able to. You've never okay. heard of such a thing before. Okay. So what he says to you is that, first of all, let my friend go. You're fairly confident that he means what he says. So do you guys let him? Let I'll go back. Go. I'll go outside and uh, inform Makotas uh, what's going on, what the word is. Should I kill this guy then? Yeah, Mako. Um, bring Dazzle inside. Uh, Warmir is working with Tam, and he's he's got some mission for us. Bring him in. Grab the guy by the scruff and lead him back into the house. Kind of throw him on the chair. <laughs> All right. He's not resisting you. But you can tell that uh, Dazzle is not, you know, it's just his house. He's not doing anything to resist you. Wormir is not, is not cowed by what you guys are doing at this point. But he's he's saying... Listen, we're all friends of Tam here. Let's all just get along. Like, leave him alone. Fuck you. Kind of thing. He's he not. Michael says, fuck Mick... you. I sit down and put my feet up on the coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> See, you should follow the lead of your friend Gildor here. Actually, I don't know Gildor's name. You should follow the lead of this little guy over here. <laughs> I'm not your friend. Buddy. <laughs> Period. Guys, relax. We found the guy. We're all on mission. Just chill out a bit, all right? I'll go stand in the corner. So, uh, Wormir pulls out from his pocket a really rudimentary map for you guys to have. He he takes it over to Gildor because Gildor's been talking primarily here and hands him a map that you guys can all look at. It's very, very basic. This is, this is the map that you guys get handed. He says to you, I'm going to need you to go to these mystic caverns on this map. Everyone can see the map right now, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm going to need you to go to these mystic caverns first. There's there's three locations that I'm going to need you to head to. Uh, it's a two-day march away to get to these caverns, and I'll give you detailed instructions on how to get there. But just hold on to this. This will help you out. This is where the first two targets you need to find are. So you're going to follow this road that heads off to Tangle Tree. But after you've had about five hours into the woods, these woods just north of us are Cormanthor, very powerful elven woods. Once you've headed five hours into these woods, you're going to find a distinct stone cabin on the right-hand side of the path and follow that cabin. And it will take you to a lake. And there's a boat that we've left for you guys at this lake. And you're just going to cross this this very small little lake and find a very interesting, mystically charged fey cavern that's only accessible by water. And you're going to go in there and you're going to do whatever you need to do to get weave essence from two targets there. You'll know them when you see them. 
in the meantime, just rest and relax. Tonight, at midnight, we're going to perform a ritual in the woods nearby. And that ritual is going to be the ritual that will unlock the talents of the new Blackheart amulets you have. So let's all just get along for a few hours. And then we don't have to see each other again ever. All right? Sounds great. Excellent. Mako crosses his arms and just stands staring at him. <laughs> okay. So uh, you guys can go about looking around the town if you want or whatever. Or we can just fast forward to it's midnight. You're wandering into the woods. Whatever you want to do. I'm going to light my pipe. I'm going to start smoking inside. That's acceptable. Okay. <laughs> it's the 1980s. Anything goes. <laughs> like it's can I talk to you outside? He says no. <laughs> you guys are both outside. Okay. Mike, you there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Mako's just <laughs> pulling you aside quietly and just say, okay, these necklaces fucked us over already. We want to have them add to these necklaces. You think fighting it's going to be of any use? Until we know more about it, we have to go along with it. <sighs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I just take, I just don't take, like this necklace becoming stronger. You're the one who fucking put it on me. Well, you're alive here today because I did. Sure. If you want to believe that. I go back in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay Brotherly outside love. for a while. <laughs> Okay, so if you guys are content with just whiling the day away, that that sound good? Yeah, I'll I'll go over to the general store. Okay. Oh, yeah. If we're gonna be gone for two days, we might need some supplies. Yeah. Yeah, it's or a two-day journey two day to the cavern. Two days at least. Yeah. I want to figure out how much gold I have. <laughs> well, you should still have whatever starting equipment. So if you bought an adventurer's pack, you got 10 days rations, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're just starting with 10 days rations. We don't have to account for the two weeks from... No, you right from this day now, you have whatever your starting okay. equipment was. So. Okay, we're good then. I keep smoking yep. my pipe. How Make many hours over do we over have to... to... We got to go for midnight? Uh... We'll say it's 4 p.m. Okay. Lowen will uh, just uh, stand up and stretch and says, I'll be back in two hours. And he'll walk into the forest to hunt something to eat and then come back once he's killed it and uh, hand it awesome. over uh, and start prepping it for cooking. So give me a survival check with advantage because it's dark. Or it's getting dark, and you're sneaky. Uh, that is... 
That's a 15. Perfect. You find uh, a wild boar, a small wild boar. Yeah, I get, sure, yep. Uh, <laughs> I'll pretend like I can carry that at three foot five. It's small. It's like a scrawny one. Sure. It's a little baby. Will, uh, I'll uh, bring it back to the hut and say, looks like we've got a bit of food to eat. Someone wants to give me a hand. I'm going to help butcher and eat this now before we got to go tonight. Dazzle will help you with that. As long as he gets a cut. Doesn't matter. There's enough for everybody. And uh, Mako heads to the general shop. Yeah, I actually get to the step and like screw it and I go to the tavern. Okay. I want to sit at the bar and talk to the bartender. Okay. He greets you back. Welcome back. Did you find who you're looking for? I think so. That's, uh... Yeah, I think we found him. You're a pretty big boy. Thanks for noticing. How did you get so big? Do you ever, uh... Do you ever get into fighting? I've fought a lot of things in my day, but that's not what made me large. I was born this way. It probably made you effective, though. Yeah, the ladies say I'm pretty effective. <laughs> so what do you guys do for fun besides carnivals around here? Oh, there's always something interesting going on. This is a... Rothavir's Road is a pretty major port, so we, we see interesting people once in a while. I'm retired, though. I'm not looking for fun anymore. I'm looking for quiet. We might be headed into Tanglewoods there for a, a short little hike. Anything we should be worried about up there? What's Tanglewoods? Or that Tangle <laughs> Northeast. We're heading northeast. Oh, you're heading into into Cormanthor. Yeah. Going to visit the elves, are you? I don't know. I'm just we're we're going to do something. Okay. Well, you're going to see trees, and if you walk far enough, you're going to see elves. Yeah. And if you walk too far, they'll kill you. They don't like visitors, sir? Not in, not in their special places. They have a lot of special places, those elves. Interesting. Worldwide, there's no more special places than Cormanthor. I noticed you got a pretty big garrison here in town. Yeah, uh, there used to be some issues with uh, bandits and such on these roads, but uh, not so much anymore. We're we're pretty wealthy little community. We can afford to maintain these roads nicely and allow the merchants good sleeps at night. This is the central location here. We we patrol up and down Rothavir's Road all the way up to Asambra. Yeah. Yeah. You see any red robe guys around here? Uh, occasionally the red robes come through. They're not really uh They're not really friendly around here too often. But they can come by with you know, with the right attitude they can come by no problem. Yeah, well, Especially if they got something interesting to sell. I'll just 
keep talking to him for the next while and toss him a silver, and then I'll head back. Okay. Anyone else like to do anything in the next few hours? I'd like to go into the potion shop. Anyone else coming with me? Lone's busy preparing the boar. Okay. Loth? I'll, I'll join you for the potion shop. Okay. Loth and I go over to the potion shop. Okay. Uh, you see a little sign above the potion shop says Auntie Ethel's. And uh, you walk in and the door's open. You see a, a frail, skinny-looking elderly lady with sharp, cold eyes that seem to see through your soul. After she takes in the side of you, though, she smiled, smiles broadly and asks politely what you need. Aunt Athel, is it? It is. Auntie. You can call me Auntie. All right, Auntie. Uh, I'm Gildor. Nice to meet you, Gildor. Um, how's business? It's about the same as always. When uh, you're in the market for anything, when uh, when you walk when you walk in, you see every corner, every every wall has shelves on it, covered with all manner of ingredients. And as a as a mage of sorts, you recognize a lot of these are you know medical herbs, but there's also exotic things like the eye of newt type thing. Mandibles of onkegs and bits of all kinds of creatures. Um, I'm not sure whether I. Um, I'm looking for a component pouch. Oh yeah, yeah, we could sell you one of those. Okay. Uh, whatever that's worth in the player's handbook, you can buy that for. Well, I'll look it up and I'll I'll subtract it from my funds. I'm sure I have enough to cover it. What, yeah. what were you buying? And, uh, sorry? What were you buying? I'll look it up right now. A component pouch. 25 gold. Okay. Um, any other things, items that you might have that, um, you know, are of special note? Roll a persuasion check. Uh, seven. No, I mean you can see everything on the shelves that are for sale. They're they're right there. So if you're interested in any of them, come now, Auntie. There must be something you have that you keep reserve in the back. Yeah, everyone's got a bit of reserve, but I don't think I know you well enough. And I slide two gold pieces across the counter. Roll a new persuasion check. She takes the two gold. Okay, that's fine. That's ten. No, but uh, thanks for the gold, though, anyway. How about uh, a healing potion? Yeah, I could sell you a healing potion. They're uh, whatever the price of a healing potion is. 25 gold, I think, isn't it? Say it again. I think it's 25 gold, whatever it costs in the player's handbook. Okay. Uh, I'll buy... I'll buy two. Sure. She's got... How much gold do you have, man? <laughs> <laughs> I, I rolled my starting gold. 
Uh, potion of healing is 50 gold pieces. Oh, is it 50? Okay, I'll just buy one then. Okay. She'll sell it to you. Okay. And she'll pat you on the head. You're a lovely fellow. Have yourself a great day. Did you need anything there, white man? I, I think I'm okay, but I look forward to to learning more from you, to, to becoming better acquaintances, and Figure out what you have stashed back there. Well, that's really nice of you to say, I think. I think Boss is the Echo Knight. We do teach courses and stuff, if that's what you're trying to say. Next week, we're going to be oh, doing that... um, Sagebrush. Oh. It, that, that's very interesting. I, I might swing by for that. Okay, well, next uh, Tuesday, come come by. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then as you guys walk away, you can hear right away she puts the lock on the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we go back. Perfect. So we will jump forward in time. Can I Save. spend an hour of this time to... Uh, cast a fine familiar. Uh, you can, but you have it's to buy the, ten minutes. But you have to buy the components for that. That's why I bought the component pouch. Uh, component pouch only gives you components for things that don't have dollar values. All right, then I go back to the potion shop. It's locked. Nah, because <laughs> <laughs> you guys are creeps. <laughs> So that would we'll we'll say you you obviously know how your spell works. So it's ten gold for you to buy the charcoal that you need to do that. Yeah. Or or the herbs or whatever. So if we go back in time, you can spend the ten gold for that if you want. That's yeah, I just thought that's what I was buying because um I don't remember that being a part of my initial inventory, so I wanted to make sure I had a component pouch. I was just about to ask about that actually, about the find familiar. Wouldn't we have like at sixth level already cast so we should have a familiar with us or you're not sixth level yeah who's sixth level i thought we were sixth level or something like that holy shit i better look at your character sheet here yeah oh yeah third level whatever <laughs> i just put your components uh, in uh the chat there jason yeah so if you want to if you already have an arcane focus you don't need a component pouch so you could you could take that money back for the component post. Right, but my starting class was not a wizard, so... Yeah, so you have to buy... Something. I have to buy that separately. Yeah, that is Can true. Can he use the amulet as a focus? No. No? No, it's not a... You have to spend money to get a focus. Okay, that's fine. I have a component pouch. I'm happy with that. Perfect. If there's time for me to do a little find familiar, I'm going to yep. do the ritual and summon a little bat. Perfect. As long as you have spent the money for that also, yeah. because I know your backstory includes that bat, yeah. you, you could you could have already spent that money like 20 years ago and you've sure, had that just, bat the whole time. Sure, I didn't want to take that for granted. I. If yeah. we want to start now and use the money I have, then I'll do it. 
up to you. As long yeah, as you spend the money, you've got the bat as whenever you wanted it. I, I could say, you know, 20 years ago I had the bat. It's the same bat, but I've spent new components to re-summon him since the last time that he died. Perfect. All right, so we are going to jump forward to 11 o'clock at night. And uh, what's his name? Warbeer says, okay, everybody, let's get together. I'm going to take you out to the woods. There's a special ley line that I need to take you to to perform this ritual. And uh, it's going to be fairly straightforward for you guys, but uh, just follow me. And he takes you out. <clears throat> he takes you out to this grassland area. There's this little low-lying area in the grasslands here. And he's got a little pedestal set up. He's clearly been waiting for you guys to show up, as he said. Um, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a token, so we'll give him a token. He's bigger than you guys. <laughs> so, so he says. Uh, he says, "Okay, what I need you all to do is I'm going to recite a ritual, and during this ritual, you all need to keep your hand on the pedestal. One of one hand on the pedestal at all times." And there's a reasonable chance that we could summon some undead in the process of doing this. But you're not going to be able to take your hand off of this pedestal the entire time we perform the ritual. And while I'm performing this ritual, I won't be able to fight back, so I'm going to need you to protect me. So he comes over. From over here? No, he comes over and he stands over here. Stands between you guys. He doesn't take up a space. We'll say we'll say he stands right on top of the pedestal. <laughs> but you have can to I protect stand him. Up on the pedestal. Can I just be connected that way? That way, you can shoot my bow. No, you have to be touching the pedestal to keep a hand on the pedestal. It's the gimmick the DM wants you to do. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> take take one of well, your shoes off. Well, your gimmick for two weapons. Stand yeah. on top of it. Yes, but he's providing you a warning for this, so I'm assuming you probably have like a dagger or something. Well, I had to get rid of the longsword because I couldn't afford it, so I got a longsword or the greatsword. So I got a longsword now. So. <laughs> well, I have a hand axe. I guess if I only have one hand, can we use our feet? No, he's already detailed <laughs> specifically. You can't use your feet. You have to Fuck. keep your hand. It has to be your right hand because that's the focus. It's the that's where well, that's hand So I gotta hold my hand axe in between my toes, blindfolded. <laughs> make yes, just exactly. Make that's exactly how this works. Complaining like crazy. <laughs> so it's a. Uh, it's only takes about a minute to do the ritual. There's a reasonable chance that there actually won't be any anything coming out, but uh, because this is a, some of Zastam's necromantic magic, there's a there's a chance that we could raise something from the dead. So, um, so he begins to start chanting. It's just a, a low kind of under his breath type thing. Uh, he's. Is there if like you, a moon out, or is it like pitch black here? Uh, we'll say there is. Does anybody have a torch? Yeah, I've got a torch. Okay. But I put it on the ground. <laughs> okay, but it's lit, though. Yeah. Okay. We'll say that I'm it's... Uh... stand on the opposite side of that torch, so I'm invisible. Lycus cast light on his sword. So, before we do this, 
I'm okay. gonna load my cross my hand crossbow and I'm gonna put the hand crossbow on top of the pedestal and then I'm gonna hold a hand axe in my hand. Or sorry, other way around. I'm gonna put the crossbow in my hand and the hand axe on the top of the pedestal. Okay. Sounds good. Um how much time do we have? Uh it takes about a minute <clears throat> to cast this spell. Oh, no, but how much time is there now before the event? As much time as you need to prepare. Okay, can I can I make a circle of earth like a half wall in a ring around this pedestal? Is that going to interrupt anything? No, that that's acceptable. Like we're going to we got to do this ritual at midnight though, so we yeah. got like 12 minutes. Oh, so we do have time. I thought we had as much time as we wanted. Well, I I didn't know you wanted to build a fucking fort around me. So. <laughs> okay, he, he took you out Let's just get this fucking thing on the road here. Come on. <laughs> All right, he starts casting the spell. And I'm going to roll a thing. Okay. So as he casts the spell, the spell goes on for 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and then you start to see a rumbling from the ground below you. And right here, and right here, pops up two creatures. Two similar looking but distinct creatures. And I'm going to say that they're not really in the five foot squares because you guys need to be able to target them. So. So we're all going to roll initiative, and, and I'm going to roll everyone's initiative because I'm going to use the auto-populating thing on here, so. Oh my gosh, holy bananas. No one. Art didn't roll that good. It's funny, I was practicing this, uh, making this macro work using Lowen, and he was rolling like seven on every roll. It was all net ones plus six. Plus six. It was it was pretty weird. Why is the numbers? Why doesn't it put the higher number at the top? Because I haven't done that yet. Oh, I thought it does it automatically. There. So there's our initiative order. Uh, I didn't double check. Voth, you're a plus one to initiative, right? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay, good. All right, so everybody's numbers are correct. And. Lowen is first in the turn order. You have one hand, your right hand on the... My left hand is touching. Completely designated that. Um, so with my left hand out and my right hand touching, um, I will hold my action in case something gets within arm's reach of me to attack. Okay. You ready your action? Any bonus actions? No? Uh... No. Okay. All right. Um, on their turn, we've got two different sort of undead-looking creatures. They both look definitely like they've been under the ground for quite a while. And they run around in sort of a circle. And they sort of run in this way. And I'm going to say that they both run essentially at the same time in a circle around. They're trying to, They're like frantically trying to get at the center. They, there's something driving them towards the middle of this. 
And because of that um, circling that they do, everybody has a chance to attack whatever enemy they choose to without having to move. So they're circling around, circling around. They can't get to the middle. And they're, they're not they're, making any aggressive moves towards us? They are. They're, they're slabbering and they're clawing towards you. But I'm just saying that they're spinning around so you guys have the option to hit everything. Every turn, everyone's going to have a chance to hit. And then I'm going to just roll to see who it attacks. Mako. So the first one attacks Mako. Where's Wormir and Dazzle? Daz uh, Wormir is with you. Dazzle didn't come. He just owns the house. Okay. So, Ray, I didn't have my AC correct because I didn't add the plus one armor, so I'm at actually AC 17. Okay. This guy attacks you for a 16 to hit. It's a good oh, thing you added you. Good thing. Your thingy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, we're going to go back to Lowen. His ready action kicks in here. I would have attacked the smaller one as it went by. Okay. My short sword. Uh, with a uh, 20 to hit. Yep. You almost hit twice. Uh, for 10 points of uh, slashing damage, I think, with the short sword. Okay. There's a piercing. That'll be everything. Perfect. And Lycus. Uh, Lycus is just going to swing at the one that comes the closest to him with his longsword. Okay, you could pick either. They both swung 360 around you guys. Okay. So that's a... Uh, 17 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Okay. And uh, I'm not casting any spells with that. Uh, so he takes um, four points of damage, slashing did you damage. Attack the big one or the little one? Uh, the big one. Okay. Four points. Okay. And Gildor. Okay. I'll attack the little one with my battle axe. Uh, I got a nine to hit. Nine does not hit. Okay. That's it. Mako. Uh, I will... Uh, a magical translucent gray image of myself appears opposite on the other side of that uh, large creature. And it's going to swing its greatsword at him. Okay, the other guy attacks? Yeah. Okay. And it uses its reaction to turn, I guess. Uh, that's a 16. 16 hits, yes. Is he flanking? Yeah, he's yeah actually, that should be uh, with advantage, I guess. Eh? Or add... How do, you, how do you work flanking? The regular flanking rules are advantage? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just the regular rules. Okay, I'm gonna roll to see if I got better. Roll yeah, I got a I got twenty. Better. Yeah, I got it. Actually, yes. flanking is a variant rule. There is no flanking. 
Yeah, okay. there is a barrier. Okay. I still had 16 before. Yeah, so you hit. Slashing ring? No. 10 points of slashing damage? The base rules. Okay. 10 points of damage? Yeah. He's very hurt. You can, you can see that this guy's taken a good shit kicking so far. They don't look like they're all that powerful, these creatures. And then it's the little guy, and he's going to attack Gildor. With a uh, 13 to hit? No. Nope. Okay, he misses. It's Moth's turn. Um, I will have tried to hit the larger one as it passed me by. Absolutely. Swing at him with my Warhammer. That's an 11 to hit. 11 does not hit. That's your turn? That's my turn. Perfect. No one. Art? Uh, Lowen will uh, slide behind or kind of between uh, Voth and Gildor and uh, attack uh, the small one. So you don't have to move if, because they are circling still. So okay, you can then, hit one. Yeah, then I'll just one. hit the I'll just hit the small one as it goes around me. Perfect. Um, that is a twenty-two to hit. Yep. Oh man, this damage is just bonkers. Ten more points of uh, piercing damage. He's very hurt. You're the only one that's hit him so far, and he's quite hurt. Yeah. Rolled max damage both times. So the um, the big guy there, he's still circling and whatnot, but. Uh, because Mako attacked him, like fake Mako attacked him, he probably would swipe back at fake Mako along the way. Sure. So he's going to attack fake Mako. Just had to step away for a second. Okay. 20 to hit fake Mako. That hits, and okay. uh, the, the image uh, just disintegrates. It's only got one hit point. Right. Okay. And now it's Mike's turn as he walks away. <laughs> no, I'm here. Oh, oh you're back. I was, just, I was coming back. I just had to go shut my alarm off on my phone. Okay. Uh, so I'll good. swing my sword again at the big guy as he comes around. Yep. With a uh, 11 to hit, so I assume I miss. That does not hit. Yep. Gildor. Okay. I'm going to swing at the small one. Perfect. It's only a 10 to hit. <laughs> that does not hit. <coughs> Mako. This, this is where the abuse comes in. I bonus action Echo Knight. 
Oh, you told me you weren't going to be a cheap fuck of <laughs> Okay, I won't. I, I, no, I no, actually no, had... No, you, you go ahead. You can summon your Aquanite. You sure? Oh, yeah. Uh, if you want to put limitations on that, me and uh, Jason were talking about that. You, you can, but you can figure that I'll out later. I'll let Jason figure out the limitations. Okay. <laughs> uh, and he's going to attack <laughs> the Greatsword. Okay. They made sense, so those limitations. Well, at this point, I don't have any plans to change any rules at all. I'm just going to use base rules, everything exactly the way it's written. Okay. Except for the one arcana change. Well, this thing rolled a nat one. Okay, that does not hit. Yeah. Now, is it capable of actually stabbing you in the eye? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be really funny in the future. I plan on... if. If you bug me with all these special abilities, I'll make it stab you in the face with you. With do your it. Own do it. <laughs> well, it's got to stab through the guy. I know. And, I and have it's reach. It's not going to happen here. I'll make sure he's more than five feet away from me at all times. <laughs> all right. So he drops his sword, which vanishes from existence because uh, it's magic shit. Yep. So he doesn't have a sword anymore. Your bonus action guy. Yeah. But next round, you could bonus action bring his sword back if you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the little guy, he will attack. He attacked Gildor last time. He could attack Voth this time. Ooh, that's a seven to hit. Absolutely not. There's no way. <laughs> <clears throat> I would laugh at that as the glance is off of my armor. And it's your turn now, Voth. You can return the favor. You choose. What are you going to attack the big guy, too? Another sip. No, I'll attack the big guy as it comes around again. Okay. Nope, that's not going to hit again. <laughs> okay, Lowen's turn. Um, Lowen McGregor. Yep. Nope, it's Lowen Daigle. <laughs> uh, it is a 24 to hit. That hits. The small one again. Okay, the small one's real hurt. We'll see what the damage... Oh my gosh, it's another 10 points of damage. Alright, the little guy crumbles to the ground as it goes by you. and falls over, dead. Is it but, bones? Is it just evaporate? Uh, it looks like a zombie or a ghoul or a ghast or something to that effect. It's, it's uh, not bones, it slumps to the ground. It's still got some flesh on it. But it's definitely not moving anymore. And the other one is the same thing. It's It's got some flesh. It's got some... It's not just bones. They're definitely both undead. And it's now the big guy's turn. The big guy's going to attack Lycus. Ooh. With a... 20 to hit? That would hit, yeah. Ah, it's the first attack I get to hurt someone with. You take... Uh, you're getting bit at the moment. He's biting at you. And you take seven damage from this evil creature's biting you as it passes you by. And now it's Make like a... a con save? Nope, no con save. Lake is his turn. Okay. Uh, um, 
I mean, if you want to, you can make a con save, but you don't have to. Uh, I'm going to uh, drop my sword and cast, pull up my my uh, rod, using it as my focus, and cast Mind Sliver. When you drop your sword, that uses your free interaction, so you wouldn't be able to pull out your rod at this point. Oh, really? Okay. Well, then I'll just uh, I'll just swing. Okay. This thing okay, also looks barely hurt. Sixteen hit. Yep. Sixteen okay. hit. For another six points of damage. Pretty hurt this guy. Gildor's turn. And you still have this guy circling around you, so you can attack the big guy too. I know I've swung at him twice, and uh, it hasn't worked at all. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do like a a sharp whistle to my bat. Okay. And have the bat uh, take the help action and swoop down. Give me advantage on my attack. Uh, but with it taking the help action, wouldn't that be your action? No, it's it's his action. Right? Okay. I can act, it acts independently of me. In combat, it rolls its own initiative and acts on its own turn. You didn't roll initiative for it. No, but you could <laughs> say it acts on my turn. Okay. It acts just after you, I think is how the rules work, right? Uh, no, it says it acts. Then I'm reading the rules. The rule says it has its own initiative. But okay. a lot of DMs will just say it acts on your turn so that they don't have to do a separate initiative. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It can go on your turn. I'm just looking at trying to get advantage on my swing since I've swung twice and missed. I'll let you do that now, but I don't think that's going to work in the future. Okay. That's what I needed. 21. That hits. Okay. Three damage. It takes the three damage, and it's barely up still. It's almost dead. But it's still alive, just barely. And it's now Mako's turn. Uh, it's going to bonus action. The sword appears in the Echo's <laughs> hands. Man, you're lazy. How come you don't attack with your own fucking sword? That's a natural 20. That hits. <laughs> uh, so double the dice. Yep. This thing is wobbly. It's kind of lost balance after it bit like us as it's spinning around you. Yes. Uh, 19 points of slashing damage. Holy shit, it's very, very dead. All the way dead. And so that's the last creature here, but the ritual still continues. So you guys have to continue to hold your hand on the, on the thing for another 30 seconds or so. And he's chanting away, chanting away, and you can see all your... My, sh my shadow will your... go stand behind him. Or my echo. Okay. okay. All of your uh, black hearts are kind of glowing faintly red right now. So you can tell that definitely the, whatever he's doing seems to be working in some, some fashion. And we're out of combat now. So you all stand there, you keep your hand on the, on the sculpture. He continues chant, chant, chant. Nothing else happens. 
and he completes his ritual. And uh, you guys have, have now upgraded your black hearts. So now he's, as he said earlier, you're going to use these hearts to, as vessels in the future to gather essence from the targets that you need. And he says that his business with you is now complete. And uh, you can move along immediately if you choose or head back to town for the night. It is late at night. Is there anything else we noticed about this pedestal that we had our hands on? Uh, yeah, so it's uh, just a, it looks like an ancient sort of druidic stone pedestal. There's nothing in it or inside it or anything. It's it's almost like a bird bath in a sense. Um, as he was setting up for the ritual, I should have actually read out a little bit of stuff where he starts putting out incense and cuts his, cuts some blood off of his hand and puts it into the into the center of it and then starts chanting and chanting and the pedestal glows with all the ingredients inside it as his ritual is performed. Um, but the pedestal itself, now he's walked off of the pedestal. You can see it well and there's nothing interesting to it. But he did say that this is sort of a ley line type situation. You're in a place of power right now. So would you like to head back to town or he did give you the map and he explained to you how it is you're going to get to where you're going. You could head out. If is you want town to. on the way or is it just, uh, you're, uh, you're a little North of town right now. So, oh, okay. But you're literally like you're three minutes, five minutes North of town. So is there anything anybody wanted in town? Uh, Gilder wants to set up a little Karen and kind of say a little prayer to Suburflin, to sub, whatever the heck that is. Suburflin is your race, though. So what god is Smurf, it that you follow? Smurflin. 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 Dark, uh, deep gnome. Just deep gnome god. Just call it what Smurflin, and you should. You your skin color should really be blue. And you need a white hat. <laughs> Uh, just because this is a ley line, I want to like just set up a little Karen stone kind of thing, a couple of rocks on top of each other. Yep. There are rocks nearby that you can see. Okay. You could put them up against the side wall so they stay upright if you want. Yeah. Um, Makotas will kind of stand back and watch, but he'll have his shadow help Gildor. Or Zeko. Okay. All right, dude. That's the most OP thing you've done so far. <laughs> and when it moves 30 feet away from me, it just disintegrates. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and that's the, all. And, and the rock it was holding lands on uh, Gilder's foot. Yeah, and you uh, whisper a little prayer to whatever god it is you follow. Okay. Do you have a specific god that you're following? or? Uh, I just thought... I thought the Sir Blue Fluin was was a religion, <laughs> not a race. No, that's your race. That's, that's yeah. Your Smurf Nebelin. Smurf Nebelin. It's the worst thing to say. Smurf Nebelin. There's a god of rocks and stuff, I think, that was... If you like, got the name of it, I'll tell Rock caller or something? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get it to you. Okay. 
I, I want to say your god's called Rock Caller, but I can't remember for sure. <laughs> okay, so you guys want maybe to camp here for the night, or are you heading back to town, or just going to start marching right now? We know where we're marching to. You do. He gave you a. He gave you specifically the the ugly little map that I okay. drew, and uh, he he explained to you you're going to travel, following that road, pretty straightforward. Once you five know hours. What road is from here. Uh, yeah, you can you can find it. It's it's you're you're go you were on Rothavir's road. You're yeah. going to go back to that main road, and then okay. it's going to be a turn off of that road. There's a little. He says to you, "There's a uh, small sign that says that that this is the road to Tangled Trees, but you're not actually going to Tangled Trees. You're you're stopping before you get there." Okay. All in favor? Let's just keep going. It's fine by me. Mako just looks to his brother for direction. Let's head out. It's okay, I got this map. It's a MS Paint map. <laughs> okay. It's a good okay. thing you're holding it. We can all look down and see it. <laughs> um, and the moon, yeah, so it doesn't the moon take any effort. The top of my head and gleams in his eyes. <laughs> it, it doesn't take any effort for you guys to head back to the road, find the road you're supposed to take. Um, it is getting late at night though, because it's midnight. I mean, now, early so. in the morning, right? It's it was midnight when we did the ritual, right? Yeah. So it's twelve ten by the time you find the road. All right. Do you guys have some kind of special marching schedule where you march at night all the time, or is this out of the ordinary for you? Well, how late at night is it? Twelve ten. Oh, really? Yeah, I had a nice rest and uh, smoked my pipe. I'm good to go. Well, if there's undead coming up here in this area here, maybe we should move a little bit further north. I'll take the lead. Or the back, whichever. I've got the map, so I think I should go first. And yeah, I'll go behind you. Let's just go on the road. I'm not bushwhacking. I got little legs. <laughs> I think we should get him a little pointy hat, so if we lose him in the bushes, we can see him. A little white pointy hat. Okay, I'm going to lead on with the map by the hey, light. Put a little bell on the top of it. No bells. <laughs> You'll have to be standing next to uh, who is it that uh, Lycus that cast the light spell to be able to see the map. But I can't see it in the dark or by the light of the moon? Uh, maybe the moonlight you'd be able to see it a little bit. I'm you a, don't need I'm the map right now. I'm a deep known with superior dark vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I look out 120 feet ahead of myself. Yeah, you, you can see uh, off in the distance, but I think with dark vision, you can't read very good. No. I could, I could never read very good. <laughs> it's good that's, why it, that's why I think being a wizard, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm not very good at it. Hey, Mike, I'm guessing you... with... Uh, Dark vision, we probably has a gift, but it doesn't say it here. No, on, uh... we don't have uh, dark vision. That's why I got the light spell. Oh, where does it say it on D and D Beyond? I can't even see it. Under vision. <laughs> Under vision. We have a vision tab. 
You don't have a vision. You have regular vision. They don't list that. Yeah, they don't list regular. Oh, okay. Only if you're special and you're not yeah, special. Yeah, under racial traits, features and traits. Features and traits, it would tell say dark vision, blah, blah, blah. Oh, racial traits, gotcha. So I, I lead us on towards uh, oh, up the road there. Okay. okay, yeah, it doesn't take any difficulty for you to find the road. And uh, you're, you're told you're going to be following Rothenberg's road for, say, four hours or so. Uh, yeah, we'll say, we'll say four hours you're going to travel Rothenberg's road, then you're going to veer to the side. And yeah, you guys are not going to sleep through the night? I think we should go up the road a little ways and then look for a spot somewhere along the side of the road to make a camp. Yeah. Just you not, know, you guys like, know that these are really, really well guarded roads. Like, you don't have a lot of concern about being attacked by anything here. Okay. So once we find the road, we'll just look for like the the first camp sp spot. I think would be best, and then just make camp then. Sure. We'll say that you probably have to travel up the road uh, forty five minutes because nobody would be camping right next to Parnass normally. They would just go to the town at night. So. It's one o'clock in the morning, and you you're finding a nice little spot someone's used in the past. Little fire pit sitting there already for you. Yeah. And you are you guys setting a watch for the night? I think that'd be appropriate. Yeah, I'll take first watch. Okay. By you. You'll watch by yourself. Uh, if. I will. No, no, joins me. I can join for a watch. Okay, Voth and I will watch. Okay, perfect. Uh, give me a spot check for each of you. Natural twenty. Natural twenty. So that's you. Um, it's a don't check, have though, dark so vision. Perception would be twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay. Um, while you're taking your watch, you're you're ten minutes or so into your watch. Everyone's settled down for the night you feel something on the back of your head you feel like a hand grabs you by the back of your head oh wow do, okay do you, i grabbed you, the hand <laughs> you i only rolled a nine i didn't notice that you feel it you grab up you grab onto this hand you feel an invisible hand that uh like you can feel the texture of a hand, but you can't actually see this hand, and you're holding on to it. But you have the strength to pull it forward. Okay. And you can feel in your hand that there's something invisible that's approximately the shape of a hand. Okay. But you can't see it. And you hear Mako snickering. Snickering. <laughs> can I just like throw the hand at Mako? Yes, you can. Yeah. It doesn't have the strength to resist you. Mako doesn't snicker; he snorts. Can, can I, can I roll for damage? <laughs> uh, no, uh, Mage Hand doesn't do any damage. <laughs> but grabs... the hand is trying to slap at you now. <laughs> I threw it at Mako. Yeah, I know. It doesn't. It doesn't slap you. It doesn't work. I don't know. He attacked you with a random invisible Mage Hand. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> So he's not sleeping. No, he's not yet sleeping. He's pretending. Okay, so he's lying down over there, 
giggling yeah, you... to himself and I throw this hand at him. Yeah. So he's awake. Do you do you react to that, Mako? Or uh, I just uh, I pretend I'm snoring. Okay. Pretend it, I guess. <laughs> After that little weird incident where Mako groped you, <laughs> your watch goes by uneventfully. Okay. Then I go over and kick Mako and tell him it's his turn to watch. <laughs> I snort Can a I roll more. for damage? Uh, well, if you're going to try to attack him, then you're going to have to roll an attack. No, I just want to kick him hard. Like, harder than I need to. Okay. You kick him really hard, and he doesn't like it. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know. I, I actually you... respect okay. that kind of forwardness. <laughs> and I, I, I give him a grunt and a smile. Mako's sword grows a little when you kick him. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's a great sword you got there. Maybe there is something to <laughs> oh, you. Actually, <laughs> uh, I need opposing charisma checks from uh, Mako and Lycus to know whose sword is bigger. Oh. I, I, have a, I have a long sword now. He has a great sword. Okay. So it's not the downsize. Damn right, baby. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was Mako's goal the whole time. So. I just well, I can afford the, lo- the great sword. <laughs> I just figured out my catch. You got the plate, breastplate. So Mako can do his watch. I'll take a perception check from you. Okay, I will actually cast bonus action Echo Knight on the opposite side of where I am standing. So it could be a decoy. Okay. And I get a perception check. At disadvantage because it's dark and you don't have a light. Oh, yeah. We have a fire, don't we? Yeah, you you can, yeah. So is it still disadvantage? Yeah. Okay. The fire would only broadcast 20 foot of light. Right. Uh, that is... Uh, four. <laughs> okay. Your uh, Echo Knight, you think, is off in the distance, but you're not sure. Well, I can, <laughs> it has to be like 30 feet away from me. Yeah, but you can't really Max. tell if it's there or not. I, I not don't know really if it's sure. there. I, I, I <laughs> think to myself, did that work? Yeah, you're not sure if you actually cast it properly or not. Okay. Uh, you, your watch goes by uneventfully. Okay. And then whoever you wake up for the third watch, it's also uneventful. This is very, it's a very happy little place. There's nothing attacking people on the roads here. Oh, I would so have gone to Voth and give him a little right. kick in the foot. Both gets the wake up for the third watch. Well, both did the second, the first watch. Yeah. Both oh, did on. he? Oh, that'd be uh, <laughs> yeah. Lowen. Oh, no, both for another uh, one. I see how it is. <laughs> Lowen. Okay, Lowen takes the third watch, and that goes by just fine as well. Lowen sees everything. Yeah. And he's oh. hidden from my 150 foot dark vision range. <laughs> Lowen, behold. It's like a exactly. radar dish. Miko, when you um. When you wake up in the morning, you find yourself quite uncomfortable. And oh, uh, <laughs> oh what? When you uh, when you went to bed at night, you laid out your bedroll uh, in a nice kind of a grassy spot, and it seemed like it was pretty useful. But and uh, you were pretty happy with how you got it all set up. But when you wake up, you find that the ground has become kind of upturned underneath you, and there are rocks sticking through your back, and you're a little bit sore today, and you don't know why. 
thought you were going to say someone pissed on my bedroll. <laughs> also, <laughs> he pissed on your bedroll. <laughs> it seems as though somebody created some kind of a disturbance in the ground in a five foot square around you <laughs> while you were sleeping. I'll just I'll do park. I'll do a slow clap as everyone wakes up. <laughs> Did Lowen see it when uh, the ground was being turned up? Um, I don't know. I don't have details on when this happened, but I'll get you. Give me a spot check or, or a, a perception check, and we'll see. Uh, Seventeen. Yeah, you've probably seen something happen, and you're you're pretty sure. One of your buddies did it. <laughs> Gildor, you're pretty sure Gildor did it. Yeah, that's fine. I just <laughs> keep it to myself. Kind of snicker as well. Okay. So you're ready for the day ahead. You're going to be walking through the grasslands for this day. And I'll get. <coughs> I'll get Art to roll a d10 for me, if you would. Sure, yeah. Uh, that is a three. Three, okay. Oh, what the hell am I looking at? Okay, that was the wrong one. Okay. Perfect. So you travel throughout the day. Everything seems perfectly fine. You see, occasionally, there are merchants traveling along the roads everybody seems fine and friendly and everything goes well uh, you get uh, you get to that four hour turn off point you see there's a sign that says tangled trees you guys take that side path fine the side road that you're on is clearly not it's much more of just a little path it's not a wagon trail like what you've been traveling on so it takes a bit here and there to make sure you're going the right way but pretty straightforward where you're heading and uh, Lowen would be able to point the way as you go and you travel through the day uneventfully um, and uh, you're ready to make camp for the night the time is right there's not perfect campsites along the road here because this is fairly untraveled but you could just camp anywhere you like And you can find a spot that looks pretty much exactly like where you just were, except, except uh, there's no cauldron there. See? Ah. <laughs> let's so, uh, camp, let's, let's camp say, in this little nook like over there. <laughs> Make a little fire right here. Make a fire right here. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty sure, good yeah. spot. Uh, yes. Lowen will go and hunt some game for dinner. Okay, give me a survival check. <clears throat> you probably still have a bit of meat too, I guess, from the yeah. yesterday too. Yeah, I, I wrote portions of boar in my inventory. Um, survival, that is a 15. Okay, you find a couple of rabbits. Perfect, that's fine with me. I'll one take them back so that we one have brown something. and one white. <laughs> I'll uh, prep the rabbits. Well, I'm assuming someone's going to make a fire and we'll roast them. 
Yeah, so you guys uneventfully make your make your fire, no problem. Um, are you guys? Oh, I had a fire here somewhere. Here we are. There you go, little fire Holy crap, pit. That's huge. Well, it's, you <laughs> guys huge. get carried away with your Big stuff. Fire. I don't know why all the icons are coming in huge every time. Must have undersized the map, I guess. Oh, and sleeping in a tree? Yeah. Oh, okay. I put my back up against the wall. <laughs> That's a quality move. Man of real character do things like that. <laughs> I, I roll out my, my mat directly in the middle of the pathway going into it. Okay. Perfect. Sleep against the wall. Amateurs. Is anyone taking a watch today? Yeah, I'll take, I'll take the Lowen will take the first one. All right. Lycus will be on the first watch as well. Does Lowen have dark vision? Uh, Lowen has a hundred and fifty foot range of dark vision. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why I'm in a tree. Uh. <clears throat> okay. So you guys are asleep except for Lowen and Lycus. And uh, give me a spot check. Both of you. Yeah, I got a natural one. Do I have disadvantage because I don't have dark vision? Yeah. That's correct. Uh, that... What is that? Perception or? Yep. Uh, I got a six. <laughs> okay. All right. So you tonight. you don't see anything at all. There's absolutely nothing happening. Everything okay. is just fine. Okay. <laughs> we just get carried away. Those are the biggest kobolds <laughs> and goblins I've ever seen. <laughs> I gotta shrink them all. So these are actually not kobolds and goblins. They're uh, they're halflings. But uh, yeah, the icons I'm using obviously are kobolds and goblins. How high up uh, is that cliff? Uh, twenty feet in the air. Twenty okay. feet above you. Actually, no, it's. More like 15 feet, it looks like. Oh. Should have shrunk these all down before I duplicated them. <laughs> um, and, oh, fuck off. <laughs> so what you see, well, what you see is nothing. You don't see anything at all. And there's all these guys that get into place above you here. And after all these dudes above here with their little bows and shit show up you see riding in on mastiffs are a couple of halflings and they come yipping and screeching as they come right in yeah get them get them get them attack attack and because you guys didn't see anything they get a they get a surprise round where they all get to move into place figure out what they're doing how many did I get there? One, two, three, four. Five. 
So there's two on Mastiffs, and there is six not on Mastiffs. One of them is coming down this way. There's just over here is a way down, like the hill slopes gently up and down there. So there's a couple of them coming running this way. And the rest of the ones up on above there, the four above there all have bows, short bows. And we'll do initiative, which I will do. I don't know if this actually deleted the old one or not. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. And then I'm just going to roll. That guy. I didn't bring any in here, the directors. Alright, I'm gonna say that the. These ones on the initiative here, these. that don't have a shield are the archers. And the guys with the shield will be separate. Okay. So, Lycus is first. He's awake. He didn't see anything, but just as they come around the corner, you see, you see something. You see that you're getting attacked by stuff. Okay. So uh, what would you do? First thing Lycus does is he casts a uh, mirror image. Okay. Do you shout out at anyone? Yeah. We're under attack. Wake up. Uh, I'll get a perception check from the guys that are sleeping. The three that are sleeping. An 11 for Voth. That's good enough. He yelled right, right beside you. He's standing right beside you. Nine for Gildor. Oh, Gildor, you're still sleeping. <laughs> and Lycus is going to move back here. What about Mako? He got an eight. How, how high oh. up are these cliffs? 15 foot. 15 foot. And if I go up on this rock here, that is that rock like five feet high? Or? Yeah, we'll say that's five feet. Okay. And then just over here, they're like 20 foot high, but over here, they're 15 foot high all the way yeah. along here. Um, so Voth heard and recognized what was happening, so he won't miss his turn. But Gildor and Mako will be using your actions to wake up. You'll still be able to move in bonus action. And then it is the archer dudes, which are the four above there. I actually should gonna delete this guy and copy this guy and put that guy there. Okay. Make sure I don't confuse this too much. Okay, perfect. It's hard to tell them all apart. Are they all moving on the same action? No, the archers are going on their own action, and okay. then the melee guys are going on their own action, and then the uh, Mastiff riding guys are going on their own action. Okay. So right now, there are four archer guys coming at you. And uh, like two of them, the two northern ones, this guy here and this one here, are going to attack the most immediate threat, which would be Lycus. 
So that is a 16 to hit. Okay, so that's, then I got to roll for my mirror image. Uh, uh. And the second one is an 11 to hit, so that doesn't Okay, the 11 would totally miss. Yeah. Uh, uh, three other blah, blah, blah. If you, if you have three duplicates, you must roll six or higher to change the text target to duplicate. Okay, so I rolled a five, so uh, 16 wouldn't hit my armor class. It bounces off my armor. Okay. So I still have my duplicates. Yep. If 16 wouldn't hit you, you wouldn't have to roll then, right? No, you have to ro The duplicates have an armor class of... Oh. Uh, well, would you pick uh, who they're aiming at? Is that how that works? No, you, this is what you roll for. Uh, you roll... The duplicates have an armor class of 10 plus my dex modifier, so 12. And then, um, then I roll... If you have three duplicates, you must roll a six or higher to change the attack's target to a duplicate. So it would bounce off of me. Okay. Yep. Lowen, uh, can you give me a high check? Because you're obviously hiding in the tree there, so just give me a, give me a check. We'll see, we'll see if they know you. you're there. It is a 17. Okay. So they don't know you're there. So the other two archers are going to attack one at Gildor and one at Voth. Uh, and attack on Gildor is 11. Attack on Voth is 19 to hit. Is that hit, Voth? That is a miss. That's a miss? With a 19? Or, sorry, my armor class is 19. Oh, so that hits you then. So you get a little twang of an arrow. You're aware of what's happening, and you get a little twang of an arrow for two damage um, from a light crossbow above you. And it is Makota's turn. You use your action to wake up and be aware of what's happening. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll move here. I'm in range of that wolf thing, right? Yeah. It's okay. a mastiff, so it's a mastiff. big dog. Uh, and there's a guy on top of it. Okay. I don't know if you can see that very well. There's a guy on top of it. And then I'm going to bonus action uh, my guy at the top of the cliff here by that right. Right here. Right there? Okay. We're going to put that thing. Now, okay. I have action surge. Can I use that to attack? Yeah, you've used your action, but if you surge, you just get a new one. Okay, well then I'll just action surge, uh, attack uh, the wolf or the guy on the the mastiff. Yeah, and you can target whichever of the two you want. Well, so who's on the? It's a halfling. Yeah, they're all halflings. Everyone, all of them is halfling. Okay. And they I'll... look like feral halflings. They're wearing they're wearing uh, rags and furs and they have like war paint smeared across their faces I'll take out Are his we ride dark sons? <laughs> I'll, t I'll take out the legs of his ride of the mastiff you can try I think these uh, are horn blowers that's a 22 <laughs> or 21 yep 20 yep they both hit 
Uh, and that's uh, 13 points of slashing damage. Jesus Christ. You murder this poor dog that was just coming to say hello. Oh, yeah. And they, and they, uh, so the dog is like completely dead. And the guy goes tumbling off and uh, tumbles basically down prone at your feet. We'll say he tumbles over here. Okay, so I also have twice per short rest, I can unleash my incarnation. So basically, I, if I make an attack action, I can make one additional melee attack action from my Echo's position. I can do that twice per long rest. All right. That's so what it my, says, you big cheater. My Echo Knight's going to attack the guy <laughs> up in the cliff <laughs> with the greatsword. Okay. Go ahead. That's an 18 to hit. Yep, that hit. And 13 points of slashing damage. Okay. Uh, it is not dead, but it's really damn close to dead. That guy. It's really, really close to dead. <laughs> All right, so Gildor, you've used your action to be aware that the world is around you. Right. You can move. Okay, can, can I use my movement to hide in the rocks? Uh, hide is an action. Okay, can I move to the rocks? Yeah, like, you can get cover behind the rocks. I have, uh, I have stone camouflage. Which gives me advantage to hide in rocky terrain. Sure. So if you take an action on your next turn, you'll be able to have advantage on your hide check. Okay. So I have but to. But you're use... also hidden if you want to be. Uh, I mean, uh, um, concealed, as in you'll have a <clears throat> AC bonus. Okay. I just want to stay concealed right now. Well, you're not hidden right now. They already attacked at you. They attacked at me? Yeah, they tried to hit you with a crossbow, one of the guys above you, but they missed. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, I just want to try and stay concealed, uh, but if that's an action to hide... Um, So I mean, if you back up like where you are right now, you can yeah. back up these five feet here and you'll get cover from these guys to the uh, east of you. Yeah. If they try to attack you. You can't get cover from the other two archers because they're right over top of you. What if I go prone? Does that give them disadvantage to attack me? It does. Okay. You're right. Yeah. You could just I mean, stay even prone. though that's a technicality, I think that's kind of what I'm looking at doing here. I'll go prone then. Yep, that's fine. That's how the rules work. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, you have a bonus action if you want to use it for something. I don't know. Uh, no. Okay. Alright, so then the two non-mastiff uh, riding guys come running in. Let's say one of them runs at Voth. How high up the tree did you want to be, Lone? The tree's 20 foot tall. I probably would only be like 10 feet up. Okay. Uh, 
So this guy here spotted you, but he probably would just... He's just going to keep running. Oof, stretched him. He's going to keep running because you're an annoying target to hit. So they're both going to attack both. And... Ooh. Four to hit. Nope. And 11 to hit. <laughs> nope. Okay, they both miss you. And Loan. I will bonus action Hunter's Mark, the guy up top right there. Okay. And then shoot him with my bow. With an 18 to hit. Yep, that hits. Or not bad. Eleven points of piercing damage. Oh, plus a D six. Um, and six points for the hunter mark. Oof! He's dead. You shoot him right between the eyes, and he goes flying down and tumbles twenty foot down. And he sounds good. Do I get to move it, or do I have to do that my next turn? Uh, it's a bonus action to move it after you kill an enemy, but you used a bonus action to cast it, so you can do it next turn. I'll do it next turn. Yeah. Voth, you've got plentiful targets around you. Three of them. Uh, I'm going to attack this guy. Perfect. you have to stand up with half your movement. No problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, that should hit. Uh, that's a 23 to hit. Yep. <sighs> that crisp one on the damage die. That is four <laughs> points of damage. Woo, wow, that's huge. You don't have great weapon master? <laughs> that's why you get great weapon master, guys. Yeah. That's why you get great weapon master. Uh, uh, all right. That'll be my turn. Perfect. Lycus, you just seen one of the guys coming that you were going for tumble down the hill. Yeah. So it's like, uh, okay, well, that's not an option anymore. Can I actually see this guy up on the top? Yeah, because he's looking down, looking for targets down there. Okay, so I'm going to cast Mind Sliver at him. So he has to make an intelligence saving throw, a DC 13. <laughs> Oof, he rolled a 2. I don't think he has plus 11, so okay, succeeds. So he takes a d6 of psychic damage, so three points of psychic damage, and uh, but any saving throw he makes before the end of my next turn, uh, he has to subtract a d4 from. All right. Well, as you hit him with your mad psychic damage, his head explodes because he already took a massive blow from cheaty Mako over there. <laughs> Gotta <Okay>. get Mako. <laughs> Uh-oh. Better get Mako. <laughs> so I was waiting to see that, that but... <laughs> That was the first thing I thought of when I when I seen that. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's gone. And you have bonus action if you want to move or anything? Um, yeah, I think I'll... Uh... I'll stay where I am. Okay. Actually, if I go to the bottom of the rocks here, and do I have cover from the guys to my west? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
I'll, I'll do that. I'll come down here and uh, look over in this direction here. It is now those two archers just in time. So, let's say one attacks Gildor at disadvantage. That's a two on the first roll. Uh, so that definitely doesn't hit Gildor. And then one will attack Lycus, and Lycus has cover, so that's plus two to AC. That's a uh, 16. Okay, that to roll. But, no, but you get plus two to your AC, right? So your AC is 18? Yeah, so but it, it's the AC of my uh, uh, mirror oh, image that I have okay. to take into account. That's so I complicated I, statistical spell. It maybe. is. It is. <laughs> I, I rolled a twenty. So uh, yeah, one of my uh, mirror images vanishes. Okay. And it does nothing to me. Okay. Perfect. Uh oh, it's Mako's turn. Uh oh. Um. <laughs> oh, gonna... cheating Mako is off in the distance, not fighting anything. He's gonna apparate thirty feet to there. And then okay. this Mako is going to go there and attack uh, the one to my west. Real Mako okay. is attacking west. Oh, this is your first time you're actually attacking. Yeah. Careful, you get blood on your sword. Yeah. Oh, he uh, he killed the he killed the hound. Sorry, dog. The hound. That's a twenty-four. <laughs> How come I don't have the hounds in the initiative here? What the hell am I doing? They were in the initiative, I thought. They should go at the same time the rider goes. Oh, they rolled Apparently a natty one. one. They rolled a natty one. Okay. Rip. All right. They That's were a... stupid. They didn't move. They run away. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a 24 to the guy to my west. Yep, that hits. Uh, eight points of slashing damage. Okay, you can you can see that this guy he appears to be a little bit stronger than um, some of the other ones you've you've fought already. Really? But eight still a, eight is a lot of damage to that guy though. But he looks beefier than the one you guys murdered above you. Okay. And Gildor. Okay, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to shoot this guy with my longbow. Okay, okay one of the guys up on the hill or? Yeah, I tried this to ping it, but it didn't go. That gun? Okay, I got you. This guy, yeah. Yeah, this one right here. Yeah, that's 15 to hit. Uh, what is there? Is there? You see. Yeah, that hits. Just barely. Longbow's okay. range is 120 or 400 or something. Yeah, that's uh, nine damage. Okay. I'm just visualizing it's... this short guy pulling back a longbow. I, I yeah, uh, I'm just thinking to myself, how the hell is that physically you, possible? You got like two feet he, on it and he, pulling yeah, back. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> he's it in his feet and he's pulling him back. He's like shooting okay, himself. So <laughs> I, I considered that same sort of scenario. I'm happy to use a short bow if you would rather. Oh, I, I don't care. It's I, just, I think uh, I think there are actually rules that say you can't use a heavy weapon, right? Isn't well, there? a fighter. My first class is fighter. But, no, I think they got rid of those rules, Ray. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah, well, if it's in the rule that says you can do it, then you can 
you can pick whatever you prefer. Okay, so for flavor, I'd rather it be a short bow that has like really strong tension on the string. But the Mongol bow. Short bow, it's still a short bow though. Composite. I, I feel. Composite I feel like bow. you keep it a long bow, but you fashioned it in the gnomish nature, and there's a spike that you dig into the ground, and then you have to wedge it against a tree, and then you're <laughs> pulling back the string. There you go. <laughs> Like the old, uh, one, the original British longbows that they punched into the ground and then... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe sure, maybe I, you I'll... pull the string back with your toe. Yeah. <laughs> it's got one really big toe. <laughs> and, and his boot, yeah, and the boot in it, on his boot, there's this one toe just sticks out, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's got this gnarly toenail. <laughs> All right, and it is now. And then I'll just drop back down prone. Okay. Perfect. Uh, it is going to be the fighter dudes' turns now, those two guys. One turns to Mako, and one stays on Voth, steps over here, stays on Voth. So, attack on Voth is a 14, which doesn't hit. An attack on Mako, 17. That's my EC. Oh, good, it hits you. Funny how the DM hits this Echo Knight all the time. You're oh, away. you're attacking the real me, though. Yeah, the real you, yeah. Uh. <laughs> seven, seven damage all right. from his uh, scimitar that he's wielding. You make Mako mad! <laughs> and that's his turn. And it is Lowen's turn now. I'll uh, bonus action move my Hunter's Mark to the one just to there on the ridge. Right, yep. And then I will pull back my bow to shoot for a 15. Uh, yep, 15 hits that guy. Now, is that a longbow or a shirtbow? It's it's a longbow. It's magical D&D physics. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's thought, the right answer. I thought uh, small characters couldn't use heavy weapons, but I, I think you might be right. That was an old edition. It is an old edition thing. That, I that think makes sense, though. That. It does. For 14 points of piercing damage total. 14 Ooh. damage. Through the face. These fucking Gloomstalkers are just as bad as the Echo Knights. <laughs> We're efficient He's... at what we do. He slumps over backwards. Dead. Okay. And Voth. Alright. I am going to bonus action Thunderous Smite. And I'm gonna melee that guy. Okay. That's the hefty guy. The beefy one. He has been hit already once. Well, is his AC uh, below nine? It's not below nine. It is vastly All above right. nine. 
I, I, I do not hit him this round with my attack. <laughs> so do you get to hold on to that thunder spite till you hit? I don't know. Uh, it's concentration hit. for a minute. Okay, good. So you're good to go. So, yeah. Awesome. I, I concentrate on it. I swing my warhammer clear of his head. It's still <laughs> a little dark. He is just outside of the 20 feet from the fire. So, you know. Don't don't quite have them square up. Oh, everyone should have disadvantage on everything. <laughs> I thought I'd mention it at some point in time, but well, uh, we're going with it with no disadvantage because I should have done it from the start. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just gonna let it go. Uh, it I noticed like it too. Um, so Lycus is going to uh, mine. The fire the... moved over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Some mimic fire. Lycus is gonna mind sliver this guy here. So okay. he's gonna make an intelligence saving. Okay. DC thirteen. Oh, that's a netty one, but yeah. he's a halfling. So he gets to roll that again and that's a three, so he fails. <laughs> yes. Three times is good. Yeah, you can get into someone's head besides mine, brother. He takes one point of psychic damage and it uh, minus the d4 for many the next saving throw it makes. Right. Uh, so it says here for heavy weapons, uh, creatures that are small or tiny have disadvantage on attack rolls with heavy weapons. Yeah. See, that's what I was thinking. So and you can I don't use it, but just longbows are heavy weapons. Are they? I'm pretty finesse. Longbow. Well, we'll have to look it up. It is heavy. See? I know my shit. So you guys can choose to switch to short bows if you want. Or you can keep using long bows with disadvantage if you want. Or you could use a heavy crossbow. That's heavy. It's in the name. Is it heavy? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm happy to go with short bow. Okay. You're welcome to just switch that over right away if you want. Yeah, I'll do that. A hand crossbow. You could use a some other kind of crossbow that. A hand crossbow. The D. Light... Or that's what I a got. A light crossbow does D8, right? Yeah, a light crossbow does a D8. Yeah. Hand crossbow one D6. Yeah. Hand crossbows are are like hard to use though. No. They have a very short range. Yeah, one-handed. Yeah, thirty foot range. Thirty slash one twenty. Yeah. Where's the yeah, light? So... If you want to switch to a light crossbow, that's cheaper than a longbow, I think. Yeah, light, light crossbow is an 80-foot range. And it Keep does a D8. If you guys did buy all your gear, that you're probably going to save some money that way because longbows are expensive. Yeah, I know. I spent a lot on it. A cross, light crossbow is 25 gold. And a longbow, I think, is like 50, 50. or 75. No, it's 50. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, whose turn was it? Oh. Uh, so you just went, so it is now the archer's turn. There's only one archer left. And he's not going to attack Gildor. He's going to attack Lowen because he's seen Lowen attacking from trees. Figures that's an easy target. It's a natural 20. Oh. What does he do? He does 2d8. Oof. Oof. Nine nine damage to Lowen. To Lowen. To Lowen? Yeah. In the tree. Nine points of damage. Okay. 
and then <laughs> and you get kind of like the the arrow goes sort of through your side just a little bit and pins you to the tree a little bit yeah the only disadvantage of being in a tree is if you get knocked out you fall yeah that's, that's only 10 two down. death saves <laughs> <laughs> you've been there <laughs> now the mastiff goes that should have gone already and he's got a guy riding him too and he, he's gonna attack Mako run up oh. and attack Mako uh oh better get Mako that's what he says he would if he knew what your name was yeah well it's written right there underneath him <laughs> <laughs> that is a 16 to hit it does not hit okay and the guy on the top swings for 15 to hit which also doesn't hit Mako's turn there's targets right. all around you yeah I'm going to take out the big guy to my west okay the great sword he's been hit a couple times uh, it's a 13 to hit nope he laughs at you ha 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 little man he says from his half right. buddy well, I'm going to use uh, my Unleash Incarnation to give my uh, Echo Knight another attack. Last one before your next long rest? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I want to have a next long rest. <laughs> uh, that's a 16 to hit the guy south of my Echo Knight. Right. 16 hits, yep. That's 12 points of slashing damage. 12 points? Uh, he That guy hasn't been hit yet. So he's still up, but that damn well hurts. You guys do massive damage. What's that? Twice as many halflings just come around the corner? <laughs> <laughs> you would think uh, they'd run away after they've seen how many guys we knocked out in such a short period of time. They'd be like, oh, retreat. The top guy might do it. The guys down below don't have a chance to run away. And the boss is still there. It is Gildor's turn. Gildor's going to shoot at that same guy again. Okay. With his short bow. Yep. <laughs> He's less scared of you now. I stand up. I shoot. Oh, my goodness. But it's canon. You still have the big toes sticking out of your boots. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you pull back your string with your toe. Just a really <laughs> inefficient short bow. nine. <laughs> A nine well, it's to still hit. a longbow to him. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's right. So he says nine to hit? Yeah. yeah. The yeah, string caught on his toenail. I'm going to drop back <laughs> down prone again. Ripped okay. off his Perfect. <laughs> okay. It is the big guy's yeah, turn. This big guy decides he doesn't like missing both all the time, so he's going to turn to Mako. <laughs> And he rolls a four to hit. Yeah. He, doesn't, he just doesn't like life. Mako parries with his sword. And then this big guy up here. Or not big guy. Just what are they hitting us with? Uh, scimitars. They're all using scimitars. Except for the archers are using uh, light crossbows. God damn. I'm rolling twos. Nothing but twos. Both of those guys miss. 
You with just like keep five using that dice roller. Hit. Yeah. It's only good against you. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, they both miss. Lowen, here you go. Uh, I will pull back my bow. And I will bonus action switch my hunter's mark to the last guy on the, okay. the cliff. Yep, and he's been hit already. For 19 to hit. Yep. And I will roll that for 3 points plus, uh, for a total of 10 points of damage. 10 damage takes him down and he rolls down the hill. He falls down. And he is dead. And it is Voth's turn. Alright, we will try it again. Attack him. Big guy. That is a 18 to hit. Uh, yeah, 18 hits. Fantastic. So 1d8 of bludgeoning damage and 2d6 of thunder damage. And he's been hit already. So 8 thunder damage, if it matters, and 9 bludgeoning damage. Yikes! 17 damage? He is dead. After all of your attempts at him, he just gets smushed straight down into the ground. And it is Lycus' turn, so he is gone. Dead and gone forever. Oh, for crying out loud, that was the guy I was going <laughs> to... Okay. <laughs> well, you still got this guy here and this guy here and this these two guys over here. Okay. Uh I'll I'll uh I'll do another um, mind spike on this guy here. Okay. That's a intelligence save. Yep. Sixteen? That makes it. Hold on a sec here. Oh yeah, okay. Yep, sixteen. Okay. Okay, and then and I'll move to here. Okay. It's the archer's turn, and they're all dead. And then it is the mastiff's turn, and the mastiff attacks Mego. Everyone's thinking it. <laughs> there it is. Oh, that's a twenty-one to hit. Yeah, Mego. 21 dog damage after you killed the other dog. It's the dog days of summer. Do they have a pounce? It does not have a pounce. It's just biting. It's biting at you. Oh, you good boy. It does. Six damage. And you have, you have to make a strength saving throw. It's latched onto your leg. Yeah, it latches your leg and... A strength and saving throw? Yeah. Would that be athletics? Or no, a saving throw. No. Okay. Strength saving throw. Oh, that's an eight. Oh, you are jostled around by the jaw of this thing and knocked prone. <laughs> and there's a guy standing over top of you, and he's about to attack with advantage. So it's his turn, too. It's his turn, too, yeah. Uh, 
Oh, but he rolled... Even with advantage, he rolled 15 to hit. Which doesn't hit. And now it's Mako's turn, so you can stand up if you choose. Okay, is that th am I still in that thing's leg? Uh, no, it, it doesn't have you grappled or anything. Okay. It just knocked you prone. Okay. I stand up, and I take yep. a swing at the beast. Okay. Uh, that is a 23 to hit. Yes, that hits. For seven Seems points. Like it's seven points of damage kills the dog. And I'm going to tell the guy, surrender now or perish. Hmm. Make a intimidation check. Strength intimidation? You oh, almost a nat choose 20. To use charisma or strength to your, for your... Lycus yells at uh, Mako, that wouldn't make a good slave. Uh, that was a 15. <laughs> 15 total? Yeah. Versus inside, <clears throat> I guess. Oh, I rolled a 19. So I'm going to say that he has steely resolve and doesn't is not willing to back down. Sure. He spits at you, just like a good anti-masker. <laughs> it's Gildor's turn. There's no more archers, Gildor. Yeah. No more archers. Uh, but I can stand up. I can see this guy right here. Uh, if you step like five feet to the side, you, you'll you be able to see him fully. Right now, he's got half cover. Sure. I'll move to... I'll stand up. I'll move to five feet to the side. Oh, I gotta... Just uh, anywhere over here or whatever you want. Yeah. I'll shoot it with my short bow. Seventeen. Yep, that hits. Seven damage. Seven damage. That guy has been hit already, but he's still not down. But he looks quite injured. He's got an arrow sticking out of his back now. It's really ruined his whole day. I'll see. <laughs> and now it's his turn. So he's going to attack Voth. He's the last of the kobolds on that initiative. He attacks with a five to hit, which does not hit. It's not going to hit. And then there's still this guy up here that I keep forgetting to do, too. He attacks this other guy over here that never attacks anything. He attacks Mako's guy. Echo? The, the Mako. He attacks Mako. Better get Mako. <laughs> <laughs> he attacks with a 17 to hit Mako. <laughs> that hits. Okay. And he Mecco. disappears. The so Mako disappears. disappears. Okay. <laughs> Lowen. Uh, Lowen will bonus action uh, move his uh, hunter's mark over to this guy. And Hello? 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 Hello. <laughs> he lost his internet. 
I'm just hoping my computer doesn't crash. It's crashed every day for the last few days. <laughs> Intel. <If> I... <laughs> Keep blaming the old Intel, huh? I don't know. I'm actually happy that it's crashing more because if there becomes like some catastrophic failure, then I can get it fixed. Well, you would think you don't need a catastrophic failure if it crashes every day a couple of times. Like, Prior to I... like three days ago, it was only crashing like once a week, which is like 40 hours or something. Maybe not 40 hours, but 30 hours worth of runtime. So like to take that to a repair shop, they wouldn't run it for, to figure it out, right? Yeah. I would just say that Dell send me a new computer and I'll yeah, send this one back. Exactly. This is garbage. Sorry, yep. my headset died. <laughs> Welcome back. Right at the time I was about to say something. I was rolling, uh, and I rolled a... It's still a plus eight to hit a 24 to hit. Yep, that hits. This guy's fairly hurt already. Oh, he's gonna die for sure with 11 points of piercing damage. Okay, he's dead. He has two arrows sticking out of his back now and he slumps forward onto his face. And Voth accidentally steps on his face while he's fighting the guy behind him. And it is Voth's turn. I'll take a step, half a step back and crush the skull of the guy that just fell dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> rub this, rub your boot into his back of his head. Make, make Absolutely. And then I'll like drop my hand down and let the chain that's wrapped around my forearm hang down a little bit. And I'm gonna swing it at the guy in front of me. That's my makeshift whip weapon. As, uh... That's a natural... That's a natural one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, was, hook, I, was... I hook my own leg with it and whip myself up in the air. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to say you trip Mako. Actually. Oh, guys, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. Uh, Mako, make a uh, dexterity saving throw. Roll Get above down a the leg 12. with a bite wound in it. Uh, that is a 19. Okay, so you're you're okay. Everything's fine. I skip. Both, uh, wraps his chain around your foot, but you stay up. Uh, and as you guys are seeing this, as the combat starts to die down a little bit, there's only a couple of guys left. You all see that uh, from Voth's armor is extruding these chains coming out of his armor, made of the same material as the same armor that you all have. And you you realize that that's what he's been attacking with. And that if that's your turn, Voth, then it's Lycus' turn. That's my turn. Uh, this guy's got to make an intel save. <coughs> okay. 19 again. Fuck. <laughs> Smart little fucker. <laughs> yeah. They have a what you would consider probably an average intelligence, but for some reason they're defying you these last couple. <laughs> hmm. Uh, and then this guy down here, he attacks Mako, unfortunately without advantage, because Mako's not prone this time. Uh, 16 to hit? Nope. 
Mr. Mako? No, he has a nope. 17 armor class. All right. 17 AC. Okay. okay, it misses and then it's Mako's turn. Okay, my uh, Echo Knight appears behind that guy to the south. Where the hell did they put that? He's over to the right. Oh, it's gone for good. And, you have uh, control of that guy, right? I think it, you can move that thing. Yeah, he he disappeared. Oh yeah, that's true. I can move it. Um, but I'm gonna slice this guy open. Okay. With a 17 to hit. And this is attacking with the Echo Knight? No, with myself. My. Oh, with stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah that hits. Uh, for 12 points of slashing damage. This guy hasn't been hit yet, so he's still got quite a few hit points, but he takes a big blow to the arm, a big gash across his arm. And it is Gildor's turn. Uh, Gildor wants to move up towards the fire and put the tip of his arrow in the fire. Ooh. Okay. Shoot it at your, this guy. The end of your arrow tip burns off. When you put it in the fire. <laughs> what? Yeah. What did you expect was going to happen? <laughs> I think. Well, shoot a arrow. Well, you'd need to put like a rag with some oil in it uh, on the tip of the arrow first, dude. I want to shoot this guy. Okay, you can make a regular attack. It's, it's not going to do any more damage. But it's going to do bludgeoning damage. Just for flavor. Bludgeoning damage. It's just going to bounce off him. It's like a eight. Nerf gun now. Yeah. I rolled an 8. Oh, yeah, so you're pretty sure if you hadn't have burned the tip off, it actually would have gotten right into him. But it kind of like hits him right in the arm and just bounces. Good to know. <laughs> I like how you used the flare against him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the last regular fighter turns to Voth and attacks Voth with a 19 to hit. 19 is my armor class. Oh. Does a scimitar's worth of damage. Does two damage. Um, okay. <laughs> I would like to use my reaction to cast Hellish Rebuke. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. This guy's taken some damage already. This is a dex save for him, right? Yes. He rolls a 6. Dex save versus 14. Okay, he fails big time. That's 10 points of fire damage. He burns. Spencer? Sorry, what was that? What does your hellish rebuke look like? Uh, my my hellish rebuke, my my chain loosens from Mako's chain or leg, <laughs> and I throw my arms forward, and there's this blast of these chains that just go flying towards him. And he gets blown back ten feet on fire and dead. That sounds like Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> there is one enemy left, and it is Lowen's turn. Bye bye. Um, bonus action, Hunter's Mark. And I will shoot him with my bow for a 22. That hits. 
four. Holy bananas. Ten plus another two for twelve points of piercing damage. Twelve damage. He is still alive, this guy. Wow. He's taken a lot of damage. He was he was one of the uh, riders. He's mm. a bit more a bit stronger. That's my turn. That's your turn. He's very close to dead. It is now Voth's turn. I will approach and make a warhammer attack. Should really just cast another spell because I can't attack things. Hey, <laughs> that should hit. That's a twenty to hit. That definitely hits. Guy's on his last legs. He turns to you. The last thing a he sees. Staggering six points of warhammer damage, bludgeoning damage. I slam him in the side of the face. Six points is enough. He falls dead. His face crushed in. You are victorious. Woo. And that is all of the enemies. I was totally going to see if I could pick up Mako and see if I could throw him with the end of my chain. If we were <laughs> so on a bridge, fishing. it would have been great. That would have been something. <laughs> That's why he made a big guy this time with big armor. Yeah. <laughs> Mako, Specifically uh... not throwable. Mako and Mecco both give Voth a, a nice nod of approval. Best way to bond is over the blood of your enemy. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Moen will scamper down and uh, go and collect his uh, bolts from the enemies that he shot. So you're using a crossbow now? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to collect my arrows. Um can give I me a, give me a D twenty each of you because they don't all survive. Yeah, so. Especially the one I burned up. Yeah, that one's definitely done. What do you want? Just adding anything D20 or straight roll? What? Just a straight D twenty roll. I got a thirteen. Okay, so <laughs> you can you you fired what the four arrows or something? Five arrows, yeah. Five arrows, so you get four of them back. Just okay. not the burnt one. <laughs> and what'd you get, Art? Uh, twelve. Okay. So you fired a few more, probably six or something. Yeah, arrows. every round I shot one. So you get four arrows back. Yeah, and I shot uh, six times at least. So. So you lost two arrows in this. Yeah. Um, each of these fighter types, there were four of them, have a scimitar. They all are wearing like leather scraps of armor, but it's halfling armor and it's pretty shitty and then the four archers each had light crossbows so you could actually get each of those guys had 20 arrows to start they each used i think two arrows so uh, i i have a crossbow i'll take some bolts light crossbow i'll take a couple bolts as well yep so you can get so we'll say 63 bolts total you can divide them however you want how I'll many take, do you want i'll take Mikhail. 30 I'll take 33. Okay. And there are also four light crossbows up there and four scimitars. Scimitars are money. So how many scimitars? One scimitar. Four. 
I'll take one. I'll take one. I'll carry the other two if people aren't going to grab them. Perfect. So, uh, that will finish off the night. You guys can finish your next two watches restfully. Nothing else happens through the night. You wake up in these grasslands in the morning and, uh, you estimate based on the map and everything, you got a couple hours walk to get to the, um, to get to the edge of the woods. And then you know that five hours into your hike through the woods, you're going to be turning off. So ready for the day ahead, traveling through the woods. I'm going to need, who's next on my list here? I'm going to need Mike to roll me a D10. A one. A one. Oh, no. <laughs> Five purple worms. <laughs> yes. You see a Tarrasque before you. <laughs> okay, so now you're into, the, you're into the forest now. I don't know if, uh, hopefully, I guess you were able to move your mini last time, Mike. Can you move this mini on this map? can't see a map. I see a black screen. Everyone see a black screen? Oh. Sorry, I got Fog of War on, on this one. How do I turn off Fog of War? We should probably update our, uh, our portraits there. Andros. You see anything now? Nope. Negative. Still nothing? There. There we go. There we go. There we go. Woo, look at how pretty this is. Okay. Um, you're traveling through the woods. Um, you 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 managed to get through the three hour walk on the on the grasslands, no problem. And uh, now you're into the forested area. So that's just your potential forest encounter. Um, and you have to travel about five hours. You're, you're three hours into that, so two more hours before you're turning off. And as you're walking up the road, you see before you on the road, what kind of thing have I got here? I'm just going to put a... A dire wolf. It is definitely not a dire wolf. It's a little injured looking chicken creature. It chicken. looks like a little chicken. It's right below this tree here. And it's, uh, you can see clearly as you're walking towards it that it's um, a, a branch of the tree has fallen down on top of it and broken its leg. So it's, it's uh, there's a tree branch down, there's a little pool of blood and, and the thing is injured in it and it's limping. It can, can't move. It's stuck underneath the, this branch. Breakfast. Hey, Lowen, is he hunting? Yeah. Lunch. Not much of a, not much of a challenge. Is 
Food is food. Yeah, Gildor is kind of sad. He didn't hit very much. He'll take a shot at it with his short bow. Okay. Natural one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm behind uh, okay. you. You, uh, you thunk your arrow into the tree, high up into the branches. I'll just minus it. <laughs> I'm not getting that back. No, that one's not coming back. And that's low. And there's great there. shame. <laughs> we all start laughing. <laughs> okay. Anyone else doing anything? Hey. I'll just I'll say, Lowen, does this look like a trap to you? Kind of seems like it. It's a dead animal. Let's go. Maybe it'll be lunch. It's not dead, but as you get close to it, you can tell that it is clearly it not pretending to be injured. It's got a broken leg. It will be dead soon enough. <laughs> I'm looking to the south and the north to see if there's an ambush. Okay. Uh, give me a perception check. And uh, Voth as well, just give me a perception check. That's uh, a five. A five. It's a ten It's for all me. clear. It's all clear this side. Uh, like us give me a uh, arcana check. Ah, fuck. Um, ten. Ten. Okay. No, everything just looks normal. You just this weird little creature on the ground, and it's got a broken leg. Oh, we're good. Put it out of. It's not an ambush. Misery, or that's what I'm gonna do. I'll grab okay. one of my new scimitars and get it right at the base of the neck and push in. Okay. You can do a coup de gras action. And uh, you can tell it was already really injured when you walk up to it. You walk up to it, you can just take it down. Down and out, and it's gone. Dead. Uh, when you inspect it, though, it doesn't look like it's natural. You think that there's something kind of monstrous about this creature, but it looks like a weird monster chicken, and that's as much as you guys know about it. Weird monster chicken. Yeah. Hmm. Wonder what it tastes like. <laughs> DM, do we see a cave to the north? No, there's no cave there. Okay. This just so it looks odd. Around. There's something that could merit my investigation further, not just like a chicken. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can come up and you can look it over if you want. Um, uh, I'd take a nature check or a arcana check from you. I'm proficient in arcana. Okay. That's fifteen. Okay, with a fifteen. You think this might be a cockatrice, which is a an odd oh, creature that is basically a it has the ability to paralyze people like a a Medusa style petrification, but um, obviously it didn't take much for Voss to be able to kill this one. It just happened to be sitting here injured on the road. 
right. It's is the um, the petrification is that by line of sight or is that by touch? You're not sure. You don't remember, but you remember hearing about a creature that could somehow petrify things. Guys, I think I remember that uh, this kind of a creature could petrify things. I'm not quite sure how it works, but we better be careful. You also probably think it's not a good idea maybe to eat it. Yeah, I wouldn't eat that one. It's not natural in the same way that you would eat a cow or a pig or something. It didn't look very appetizing to me. Or a chicken. (laughs) Or a regular chicken. Is there any is there any part <laughs> of that creature that a survival check, yeah. knowing the fact that maybe these things travel in packs, or maybe this is a small one and there might be a bigger one around? Yeah, sure. Give me a give me a survival. Uh, that is a sixteen. Uh, with a sixteen, you do know that because this is not a natural creature. It doesn't follow the ways of nature with packs and such things, but it, it would generally travel in packs, you think. But you can also <coughs> see clearly that uh, there are tracks on the ground. There were there were m- multiple cockatrice. Uh, the one that's here that you could see in front of you that's being injured, those tracks around where it currently is standing are fresher than the rest of the tracks. The other ones just seem to have moved along when this one became pinned. And do you think that it may have been at least 24 hours since the other ones wandered off? Which, in which direction did they wander off? Uh, away from you. Uh, like uh, over this way. Oh. O- over into the... They're, they're not following the road. They came across uh, through this ravine area north of you and then sort of came across the road and it just happened to be that a branch fell and they left one behind. Is there any gizzards in there that's worth anything? If this thing can make it turn to stone? Yeah, is there is there any spell components we could get from this thing? Uh, you've heard of cock of cockatrice is a big thing. <laughs> uh, it's uh, like a fertility treatment. <laughs> like it, that'd be good for you. <laughs> 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 Little TMI, brother, TMI. Little Sword. <laughs> That's my nickname for you is Little Sword. Little yeah. Sword. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you could you could harvest uh yeah, the uh, the balls of the thing if you wanted. You maybe be able to sell it to Auntie Ethel or something. Auntie Ethel. Yeah, but you gotta keep them you know you gotta keep them like uh right. quite fresh. So uh, <laughs> put them in your mouth. <laughs> roll them around with your tongue <laughs> keep them moist oh that's gross <laughs> so you feel like all all the danger has passed there's nothing to worry about or fight here this is just something interesting you came across in your travels okay and uh, you can carry on if if you wanted to harvest any of it or whatever or try and keep the body, you can. But I'm, oh, I'm sure moving. That... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can I can I take a handful of feathers out of it? Yeah, you you certainly can. You don't think that there's any magical property to it that's going to help you, but 
You still got some feathers? You can make some arrows. And uh, you keep traveling along the road. Nothing else interesting happens out of this encounter. And um, you make it to the stone cabin. And I think we'll just call it here for the night. And we'll come across the stone cabin in two weeks. Cool. Sweet. Right on. Thanks, Thank Ray. you. Yeah. I think that went well. Good job there, Ray. Great. Thank you for joining us on this episode of our Black Hearts campaign. Feel free to go to our website at perilouspursuits.com for podcast streaming options or links to our YouTube channel where you can watch our adventures with animated maps and other images. If you are interested in what we do or would like to chat to any of our members, feel free to join our private Facebook group linked on our website. Who knows? Maybe you'll be part of one of our future adventures. We appreciate your listens, so please keep our crazy characters motivated by giving our episodes likes, stars, or reviews, and also subscribing to our YouTube channel. In the meantime, double-check that toothbrush is not a mimic. Slide a hand that glittering potion from your buddy, and grab some friends, roll some dice, and play some D&D.